0: Welcome back to the Reload Podcast. This is episode 53 and today we have something special for you uh, with an F1 based episode with a very special guest. I'm your host, Nigel Lamont, and with me as usual is... Lee Maxwell. Connor McCann. And joining us today is Robin McGrath. His job title, I've been told, is Senior Composite Design Manager at Alpine F1 team.
1: Senior Composite Design Engineer.
0: Did I say design engineer? manager. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I screwed it up already.
0: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So, thanks very much for joining us. It's a busy time of the year and we appreciate you coming here to impart some knowledge and <laughs> Man experience. Yeah, correct nice us on
2: here. our many mistakes. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, we have a great uh, F1 following on our podcast with lots of questions and stuff like that sent in. So, it should be a good episode. Looking forward to getting down to that. Um, previous episode, basically, was episode 52, it was our Christmas party stroke year review. I definitely didn't have anything to drink, but these other two goons did. Yeah,
3: definitely did. <laughs> um, suffered for it the next day as well. A lot of wine,
0: a lot of whiskey, bourbon. Yep. So and then we also stayed up
3: to like two in the morning and didn't we? I think I fell asleep on the sofa at one did, point. Yeah. It was an exciting romantic night, as you <laughs> can
0: imagine. Just an interesting end of the night, about three miles from your house, I got stopped by Operation Christmas, PSNI. That's right. Uh, two young officers were on top of their game, stopped me. It was real foggy that night, remember? It was actually, yeah. 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 got stopped and I got breathalyzed and done for tinted number plates. As you do. Oh, so, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, keeping the community safe as ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: 30 quid fine at a time.
0: <laughs> so, well chuffed with that there. So we'll just crack into it then. Just sort of briefly new with us, basically. So who wants to start first? Do you want to go for it? No. No?
3: I'll <laughs> go then. New uh, and me is Christmas, as I'm sure will be the same with you guys i didn't do very much car related i have planned while well, i'm still off recording a wee bit earlier which is just before new year here but it's my
0: birthday and christmas eve as well
3: so lee has to buy double presents or she's yeah. not a good girlfriend do you, do you
0: segregate them or is it she does yeah. actually yeah. yeah that's good because there was a friend in high school i had and he had christmas day as his birthday on christmas day horrendous so he gets <sighs> shafted that's rough <laughs> yep the
3: only good thing was growing up your parents could buy you something that like slightly more expensive and combine it. So it did work out at times. Yeah, it wouldn't have been unheard of for me to get like a wee scrambler or something. You know, when I was younger. <laughs> oh, be like to well, you, that's casual? <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh, oh they're all second hand. It was nothing new. <laughs> so I don't even remember to be honest. We at least segregate some. I don't. So I don't know what these gifts were. But um, I got a set of R thirty two front brakes from a Mark IV, So it's the three three four mil which are colossally heavy, as we found out. Yes,
2: because I nearly <laughs> killed myself trying to lift them out of the back of the car. Yeah, uh, I had
3: to be tricked in the... fit under the wheels? Um, it depends what I put them on. They should go under the bore okay, and I have a set of R32 calipers and stuff that need rebuilt. I also might stick them onto the Mark three if I can ever find a set of four-pot calipers that'll fit behind the wheels, which has been an ongoing saga for years. I have, you might know or might know Robin from listening this, this, that I have an absolute break fetish. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how they function, as long as they fill the wheel behind it. Yeah. As an engineer, it probably kills you, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fake engineer, so it's all right. Um, yes, I had to
2: trick them into carrying them into the living room. I had to be like, could you give me a hand with some of these boxes?
3: Ha ha. <laughs> not, not You're basically going, who's
0: dead in here?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it was okay. There was a big box with the breakfast, and then when I lifted it, it was fine. And then when I like tilted it sideways to come in round a narrow part. The, they all shifted in the box and <laughs> then I nearly got killed.
2: Um, I put them in a really big box to try and disguise what they were because I thought if I wrap up a set of discs and that weighs 18 stone you're going you to know, know what they are. So I put them in this big box below the bubble wrap to be like, oh it's a big mystery box.
0: <laughs> should have put it in a PlayStation 5 box. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't
0: open it. Um, so got that.
3: Uh, I got a add to the milwaukee collection so it's you've heard of a sawzall this is a hacksaw so it's like a slightly smaller version mm-hmm. um lee went with it because she thought it'd be easier for getting it in around bits and cars and cutting up so i've never mark, been th- as, mark 3 life yes exactly <laughs> i've never been as excited to cut something up like yeah. I, I keep looking at it going what can i cut up with it um looking at random trees going hmm, yeah exactly go. <laughs> well there's, there's a lot of trees around our place that need to come down and then you got me Adrian Newey's book as well. Hmm. Famous F1 engineer. Have you read it, Robin? Have you? Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward I'm, to getting I'm into it. I'm about
1: halfway through it at the moment. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. a good read. Yeah, it is
3: good. No, so I'm looking forward to getting that. I love my books and never get time for it, but something like that I'll, I'll actually make time for. And then, as I said, before we come on here, Christmas Day, I was so bored that I wired the new lights in Dad's Garage. Was
0: that the stage of Christmas Day, about four or five o'clock it after was. dinner? Yep. And then Christmas Day this year, it just rained constantly it did. for 36 hours. More it was delightful. Um so you couldn't even go out for a walk
3: or... Yeah. i would be honest, Christmas Day is not my day. It just... I, I have to do something. I have this weird thing, like, where I've trained myself, basically, that I need to be doing something or at least making progress on something or I feel like an absolute failure.
0: On <laughs> a side <It's>, note... <laughs> that's, that's bad, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. On a side note, Christmas TV was particularly shit this year. I wouldn't know because I didn't watch any <laughs> yeah. of it. it was, we, I get the Radio Times every year I, I love to get the, the Christmas edition of Radio Times. you know the two, ah, yeah, two yeah. week special by the way it's five pounds now which is absolute outrage wow. oh yeah. well no thanks Um, go on to Google and see what's on every day you, fl- you open no, up save on a day no see print media there you go <laughs> well true <laughs> I'm looking through every day I'm just going there is bugger alone aye
2: well I watched the Top Gear Christmas special did you
0: watch it? <laughs> we'll come back to that well or do you want to talk save about it for now? YouTube or do you want to go now? Oh, uh, whatever talking about things that were shit
2: did you not like it?
0: No, I wasn't. <laughs> to be fair, I wasn't fussed either. Did you watch it? No, I missed it.
2: I thought it was good crack. I liked the bit at the end. You know where they made the big tree out of the cars on the runway? That was class.
0: That it, that was probably the best bit of it.
3: To be honest, to me, the reason I fell out with Top Gear years ago because it was all stupid setup things and it got away from being what it was supposed to be. You don't mind a bit of you know comedy or, but when it got so predictable that you could just you knew exactly what was coming, and that's kind of what the Christmas special was. But then. Every Christmas special is never the best episode of something yeah. ever. You no, know they
1: try too hard, don't they?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it was one of their finest hours. That episode, so I don't.
2: I enjoyed it. I thought I it was a bit of crack. But it got, it got
0: particularly slated on the internet too. Oh really? Oh, it got some serious hate. I do so think I that trio though have worked. They really found their feet oh, uh, with it. Though. Yeah. Oh, they've done some crackers this year, but I thought B minus. But everybody's different. It's still watchable. Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: like, like the new Star Wars stuff. It's alright that it's there, but it's not the best. <laughs> what else hi so why are the guards that was a bit it. no saying they're like christmas day it's just not my day i like i'd far rather be working at the car or something which is pretty sad i just can't switch off i
0: think uh, boxing day there's a other uh, discount code 20% off oh i was, was over it? Not? on it. <laughs> i was just like yes yes click 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 yes you've seen
2: the new hoodies
0: they're a bit expensive i uh, nearly clicked on they're extremely snazzy and yeah. i have ordered Oh, one. No, no, no. <laughs> oh my god that's and the new
2: lanyards as well. Do you remember yeah. when I Love Base did the really class, big,
0: Seatbelt thick, material,
2: really cool yeah, yeah. lanyards? Like one, actually, yeah. The Autofinesse ones are not like that. And I was yeah. like, come here, I'll have two.
3: Yep. Yeah. 20%, <laughs> why not? Oh, what do you get for Christmas then?
2: Car-related or in general? Whatever.
3: <laughs> Car-related cool. Car-related is a car podcast.
2: Uh, I got a new handbag, which is sitting over there, which is a Harris Tweed, which matches with my Jetta interior. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's like, does, that that's match, does that match Matt's car? No, his no, is grey. Is grey isn't it? But oh, right. it is Horace Tweed. Yeah. yeah. He'll be, he'll be um, a, my interior is not Horace well. Tweed, by the way. No. It's <laughs> just
2: the, the same color.
3: <laughs> um, what else did?
2: What else did I get? A now you'll have to tell me what exactly what it is. It's like a conversion kit for the clutch.
3: It is for the hydraulic clutch yes. for the gearbox.
2: Because I was opening it up, and the first thing that came out was like this
3: braided hose, like
2: hose cable thing. And I was like, so it's like a cable or something. Like I don't know. And then there was two, like, top brand boxes. And I was like, well, this is car parts. And you were like, yes, but it's not the parts that are in the box. Aye, they're not top <laughs> brand, but
3: it's whatever they were sent through. They just stuffed them into anything at all. Nice. So, yeah, it'll be so nice. So I to...
2: almost have all the parts now to do the gearbox conversion. I have the gearbox.
3: OTJ, shifter tar. And I have the mounts. flywheel.
2: I have the, so I need the flywheel and what was the other thing?
3: Flywheel and the shifter tar. Not you. I like the gearbox, because there's there's, like, a operated clutch in her car which would be like the OTJ box which would have been in your Jetta or your Vento with the yeah. cable clutch. Yeah. And they don't hold much power and the operated clutch is like an on-off switch. And yeah. It's, it's they, very you're, heavy. You're used to yeah. it. But on long journeys it pulls the leg out of you. So yeah. going for something a bit
0: more civilized, which is good. What about you, Nizal, what do you get? I'm a forty year old dad guy, so Socks pants. Uh, the usual sort of carry-on and then that combined with our sort of close family group would do a sort of secret Santa price uh, sort of limit thing Mm -hmm. so then there's not a whole lot of different presents one present from your secret santa just because it used to be cost just used to be ridiculous so it's just to sort of help it is and you end up being shite you know what nobody really wants so to go back on that that was meant to happen on christmas day but my sister-in-law got the rona oh yes so she's been in isolation from i think she's out of it today Actually, I think that's my perfect if I could have got the Aruna before Christmas, I'd have got <laughs> done all the stuff I wanted to do myself. So the Secret Santa's delayed the New Year's Day, there's gonna be a big Christmas or New Year's Day, Christmas Day gift thing. So, so. you don't know what you've got. No. Um yeah. I got for, some I got some nice beer from the kids and stuff and sort of that's hard to beat. Wee bits and bobs, so that was nice.
2: For my secret Santa, for the Shed sixty two Secret Santa, I got a disco ball. Welding mask,
3: yeah. I, I should have brought it today.
0: I honestly think next year, as part of a Christmas episode, you should disclose what the secret Santa's presents were within the Shade 62 thing. It's always interesting. The presents are always so cool. Brown
3: got uh, what was it? One of the, like, the super turn uh, Mendeos, like a model. By, by the of it, way, on if the anybody end...
0: doesn't know what Shade 62 is, it's like this, it's our old car club, it's, it's like it's ago. underground zero <laughs> <your> dark <dog> 30 <laughs> motoring group. It's like a club that's not a club. <laughs> It's, uh, Rule uh, one of Shade for sixty two club: Don't talk about Shade sixty two. Well,
3: <laughs> if you can drink and not build cars, you're more than welcome. <laughs> you have to buy the car, but, but yeah, talk it. about building the car. Oh, yeah, 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 of course.
1: It's been going for a while though,
3: hasn't it? Oh, that's right. If you're in a Euro back in the day, yeah. you remember that's yeah. The reason we, we did started
2: that. as we needed a name. When you used to have to go to shows as a, a club stand, yeah, you had to be a club. So it was kind of we used to go under NS Dubs.
3: I and then you had the Nova. And then party had the Astra, Brian had a brand of Astra, and it was like cannot really, dumb. Yeah. 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 So we needed something that just kind of evolved from that, but it's uh, it's something that it's nothing if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just it's a bunch of good friends having the crack and. I, somewhere for me to post photos and you <laughs> still have the page live don't you yeah the yeah still on. have it don't do very much with it but it's uh, that, there's a lot of good memories it. on it which yeah. is, is a that's good, good to have too like we still do our Christmas dinner every year we do Secret Santa and just general
0: debauchery I couldn't have I could this year because of Panto How it's always you? good
3: it's yeah. always a messy session I went two
0: years ago two, three years ago
3: possibly yeah. I made a Gifford coming down the road it was brilliant I um.
2: you know there was lots of brilliant car-related gifts And the Secret Santa. Richie got his and car stuff. Nelly got a nice print of a well, picture of some of his cars. I think I Otis is it, in after, it as yeah, well. Yeah, I took it after
3: Castlewell. Yeah, your welding mask Stephen got you and he made a welding mask and stuck mirrors all over it. And so it's like it a and, disco ball? It's awesome. When yeah. he's going to get blinded. Like, uh, Yeah, I was thinking that. But
2: it's not me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs>
3: well, I'll just stay in the house when you're welding them. And he... <laughs> Automotive presents for yourself, Robin?
1: Uh No, it was mostly. Uh, I'm in the dad club as well, so it's all clothes and socks and yeah. everything like that. But, uh, but I, I, th-
0: I think you do find an appreciation for a good pair of boxers and socks. Yeah, exactly. You do uh. after
1: a while. <laughs> um, but I've promised myself a diff for the thirty as a Christmas present to myself. Nice. you Yeah, I've, I've put it off for a year. It needs it, but it's it's terribly one wheeling at the moment. So yeah, we uh, yeah, I need to get an LSD for it. What what are you going for? Quaff probably. You you, you can source BMW ones, Mm -hmm. but at this point they're thirty years old. Uh So unless they've been rebuilt, what's the point? Yeah, what's the point really? So uh, Gripper do a good diff for those.
3: Yes, I see the Polo guys using them as well.
1: Yeah, and they're quite local to where I am. uh, They're in Coventry, so. I think we'll try and go down that route, but it's brutal. It's absolutely like fifteen hundred quid for a diff. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's-
0: I, uh, I bought a diff two years ago for um, the edition thirty, and it was with ARP bolts for the diff. And all I think it was close to seven. All in like just on that point, uh, I bought it off Momentum Motorsports. Ah, yeah, the most competitive for quiff in the UK, and I was told last month that they're the biggest seller of quiff diffs in Europe. Aye, yeah, that's right. There. That's we a We place in Lisburn like. Lisburn based company
1: I didn't
3: know it. Yeah you went motorsport in Ireland Walls Walls, <laughs> yeah, that's walls right. and walls Of boxes of
0: quaff diffs Like Yeah I remember the day I went in He actually showed me In the store It was just like
1: quiff, You know <laughs> Which Tens is imp-
0: and hundreds of thousands Of pounds worth of diffs Just in the wall Yeah That's mad You don't really expect That sort of thing Yeah So that's us for Our presence then Just on news with me, I suppose I could mention the wee car run that went on yesterday. That's right. Yeah, the local uh, Cumber Classic Club, they done a Christmas run. So um, we've just basically done a run of the Ards Peninsula, finishing up in, where was it? Port of Harbour. There's a wee cafe or a wee restaurant, Keys. One of those inbred towns anyway. Yeah, fantastic wee day out. The weather was forecast for miserable. turned out to be absolutely epic yesterday. And yeah, good collection. Cumber being Cumber, just loads of minis. Um, Mark T Escorts Mark Three Astra there was a GT4 the Celica I think I put some pictures up in the I stories seen that, guess, uh, yeah so what did you was, take? Uh, Dissin 30 just nice um, nice classic car I like that yes classic classic so it was you know heater um, works yeah exactly <laughs> I drove down the road going this is very comfortable <laughs> <laughs> so no that was good to do something in between the break of uh, Christmas and New Year's like so
2: well yeah we came up in the Jetta today just because to get out, just yeah.
0: for a spin, why not treat yourself?
2: Yeah,
3: I see you sharing photos of that on Instagram as well. I seen you sharing photos of Gavin Black's bag. You are oh, did you see it? No, I haven't seen He's a he's an XKR, one of the five litre supercharged V8s. And done he's their just day, done their own road day,
0: done their own road day. I know, speak, just casually dropped 500 and something brake horsepower <laughs> I, before he starts to tune it. And like Gavin, I was talking to him at our um Rise and Shine event, and he's basically saying, I've got the, the parts, the Tuning parts for this car, but I've just found it hard to find the right car. So Aye. you're going to see a very rapid escalation in this car, I think. Because he's had months. a ring sitting yeah. for it. No, it's cool to and see. Then, I think he put a post up was it two days ago, basically. Uh, Christmas got bored, sort of bagged thing. Bagged this thing, bagged yep. it. So it's hard
3: to beat boredom in that. Can't wait to see what wheels he decides to. And it be interesting because actually it looks really good on the standard wheels as well.
0: don't think 18s or 19s are going to cut it in this no, thing somehow. it's going to have to be big. <laughs> That's uh, not his first fray and the big wheels either with the A8 that he had. Yeah, yeah. So that's news with us. Uh, we'll do, very quickly... Automotive uh, news. Automotive news, and then a wee bit of the socials and YouTubes and stuff like that. So. Well,
3: it's Christmas, and needless to say, there's not much news. Um, who would have thought? I have dredged this up from literally two days before Christmas, and... Well, I have titled it here saying Lotus is dead. It's not really, but the Elise and the uh, Exceeds and the uh, Vora are. So they've done their final run coming up to Christmas and that's them um, stopping now. So 26 years the Elise ran. It's cheap, lightweight, handling-focused focus car, and it's basically what saved Lotus over the years and got them their sales.
0: Um, have any of you guys ever driven one or been out in one? Uh, my wife's cousin actually had one, so he took me a it. That's the only... I'm sure you've been out in a few I've, yeah.
1: I've been out in a VXR. The the T20s? Yeah, oh, the, yeah. They're the, v- meant to be a great car. They're lethal. Uh, my, my word, they're dodgy, yeah.
3: Uh, what do you think of them?
1: Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd i always wanted an Elise. I think an Elise would be very nice. There's a boy at Kirky who races a uh, K20 powered one. I oh, think. yes.
3: That seems to be fairly common. Well, yeah, yeah. not fairly
1: common, but it's not uncommon. Yeah. and uh, K swap the world. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be the way in it. Um, but. They're meant to be great with cars. Well, it's the only
3: Lotus I've had a proper run in was when Andy Cooper from RMS Modern was on with us and he took me out in the Exceeds afterwards. Evora? Uh, our- no, no, he had the Avora, but it was that was the Exige. Oh, was the Avora a bigger I that one? that wasn't Avora. It was a particularly wet day. Shows how much I know about them. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a wet day, and Andy's not afraid of it. And he took us out. If you turn left out of here, out into the country, and there's was, a road that basically is like a roller coaster for three miles. Yeah, <laughs> you know one of those ones you're like you're passenger, breaking. That was me. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. I was like yeah, this is some fun. I'd imagine like up through the mornings on a dry day or something, it would just be an absolute experience. Yeah. So that's uh, I've never had to go on the Avora. I think they're a bit bigger and heavier kind of thing. So, the sad news is that, uh, well, there's two bits of sad news to this. They're actually going to release a crossover next year, which is a strange <laughs> move for, yeah. Well, that was my response. Yeah. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. this crossover. I don't imagine that'll be a lightweight uh, family hauler of any sort. But I, I think every manufacturer succumbed to this. It's, yeah, it's to pay to for the good stuff, they have to do stuff like yeah. this.
1: It's the Porsche mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. And then one more car, like sports car based on the Elise, which is like a aluminium chassis version of it, that they're going to run out. And then afterwards, it's all EVs. So they're going EV hypercar. Which again is quite sad. Deeply, that doesn't, doesn't really tie into their uh, lightweight program, does it? Heavy rolling of
0: age with Lee here. Yeah, yep.
3: it'll be a battery, about the size of our recorder here, and but the size of your hand, and it'll get you one mile up the road. Yeah, but it'll handle really well. It'll
1: go really fast for that one mile. Oh yeah, and then you'll have to be towed back. Yeah,
3: it's uh, it's it's a sad state of affairs when you see Lotus even succumbing to that kind of thing, which is uh it's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be harder and harder for them to get the, these cars passed by the government. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because they all have to be signed off. You know, Aston Martin's V12 that they've just done, is they've said that's like the last one because they can't get it through emissions or anything like that. I, know? Uh, they, and that, if they can, just, the cost just ramps up. Yeah, it? yeah it's But that'll, that'll
0: cause them cars just to be hold their value, if not just absolutely skyrocket because they're last of their breed.
1: Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Like the M3s and stuff that you have coming out now, the M2s, mm-hmm. which there's plenty of now, I don't think they'll lose much money no. because everything that comes after them is not going to be the same.
3: I still think that M2 is the new M3. It's what the M3 should be. Mm. That's slightly smaller version. You know, the, the M3 has got very heavy. Yeah. That's like everything. The cars have got bigger and bigger over the years. But to me, like the spiritual successor, especially to like the likes of the E30, is the M2. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's literally my news. I don't think you guys have Thanks any for news, Thanks for depressing us. I
0: have no news, I'm afraid. Robin, have you anything for us? No. who <laughs> would have thought Christmas and no news? <laughs> Too much turkey eating and chocolates.
3: Um, I do have YouTube, however. Oh, wow, you um, do? <laughs> the first one is, and again, I keep mentioning it, Unicorn versus the World. If you don't like this series, you'll be glad to know this was the last one, so I won't be mentioning it for a while um the was up against a k20 turbo again k swap the world k20 turbo mr2 have you guys seen it yeah booster boys one yeah, yeah it's be well basically they have a laser that senses the front of the car lifting and cuts power i think it retards timing and it drops in the front end again because it tries the wheelie. And there was a video of it on a prep surface, literally standing on end. It, did you see it? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. so I, I watched the rebuild of that because he, he had that swap for a long time, but he, he was trying to actually beat a guy in the UK mm-hmm. to be the first one in the seventh. Um And yeah, that car's just absolutely mental. It's like a 1,000 horsepower I, through a four-cylinder.
3: I think they turned it up again from that as well. Yeah. I
0: reckoned it was in around 1,300. Yeah. Watching the likes of those videos, like it's very some of the engineering, it's rough. As an engineer, you're watching that, you're going, Why are you doing it that way? Could you not?
1: Yeah, some of it, some of it, yeah, yeah some of it you look at that's going to fall off, that is 100% <laughs> going to fall off. But because they, they have a on that car, actually, they got a big weight plate at the front, that's right, yeah, so it, it, they've got a big steel plate that they've just stuck on the ground at the front to try and keep stop it from yeah. wheeling. I was just looking at that going, that's, I swear that's going to fall off. But the thing <laughs> is, they're only running it for seven seconds. Yeah, seven seconds, you know, maybe 20 times a year. So, but they have like that on that weight plate, they've got their fuel tank and everything right at the front of the car. You'd hate to crash that thing. Like, I, that's actually desktop. what I thought of yeah. as well.
3: Yeah. Because they're trying to move all the way to the front end. But yeah. I sort of thought, yeah, if you crash that, you're just going up in a ball of flames. Yeah. Um, an absolutely impressive vehicle, though. Yeah, yeah, you're saying about stuff falling off. Did you see Rob Dom's RX7 racing against him? <laughs> yeah. And the bonnet literally fell off, it, like, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, just disappeared. I, f- I felt sorry for him because he didn't get enough time to sort of tune that car out before yeah. that test. And yeah, it that made fresh. It check down. yeah, and it's like the worst because a load of people won't know him and just see him through Hoonigan. And they're like, Look at this dick." yeah, yeah. exactly. I
3: because he's been that for years. Yeah, yeah, it is a pity when you get to that sort of stage, but no, I really enjoy it. If you watch the whole Unicorn versus the World yeah, Series, yeah, I like it, yeah, I do
1: like it, but I I, I think some of the matchups aren't really fair, like because that thing's brutal,
3: it's weird, like, yeah, it, it, there's no way it's 1400 horsepower,
1: yeah, but it, I imagine it must be quite hard to get people to come and race it because for true drag racers. There's everything to lose. Yeah. And no it's, real. It's not a
3: prep surface or anything. Yeah. Well, the first one that ran out was at a 4,000 horsepower. Was it like a Camaro or something like that? Yeah. The thing just smoked the tires. Yeah. You, you need something like the unicorn that's lesser power, all wheel drive, and like that GTR that won in the second episode. Yeah. yeah. That's. It's interesting
0: you... to do it on an trap track and don't do it at a track. Yeah. Aye. with the power of the hoonigan why not they rent out a track for a day or two well there's that or even the playing field if they
3: launch the unicorn with that it'll probably break drive shafts or gearboxes all around that's, true. that's, that's true. the thing because it is spinning coming off the line with all drive. the drive it did pull a
2: drive shaft out in one of those episodes yeah, i didn't twisted
3: it? one like a like a straw yeah it's angry we girls a bit harder on that car than what <laughs> ken is like i suppose yeah. that all comes with experience too yeah there's
1: a bit, little bit less of finesse isn't it yeah
3: yeah mechanical sympathy is out the window. <laughs> Uh, the other one then I had here was the Top Gear F or Top Gear Christmas special, which was sort of touched on as well. Um just part of that was the drag race with the Formula E, Formula One car right. and the yeah. WRC car. Um you haven't seen them those? No, obviously. no, I haven't seen them no. The um I I actually would imagine the Formula E car would have been off the line a lot quicker obviously but so it was just gone like it was Those nowhere to be seen terrible
1: really yeah, they are really slow yeah that's that's Well nice. to hear and, and, <laughs> and <we're, laughs> well, that, that series could have been really good but they stuck it on road tires so it's it's on treaded michelins i think right and oh, right. The, they're not that good but the reason it survived is all the manufacturers want to be seen with it oh <laughs> because if you look at the teams they're all uh, big you know, OEM yeah. manufacturers which you don't get in any of the, the series anymore.
3: Ah, so this is a virtue signal thing for them to yeah. say, well look what we're doing with our racing programs.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they roll out the cars at all the car shows and put them beside a Cleo and say yeah. I guess it's great. Yeah.
3: That's a pity. It's something I've literally paid no attention to but it is, mm-hmm. it's a pity to hear that, that it's literally just they've sort of ball gagged it for want of a better time. Yeah, like. it,
1: it could have been really good. You know, an, a, an electric single seater should have been a lot more than what they've made it into. Mm-hmm. But some of the racing's good and it's, you know, they're all the same. So roughly, I, I,
0: I find it, I've watched it at the odd time. I find it like watching a video game sometimes because mm. of the graphics and all they put into it. And, yeah. all. and you're just going, is this the start
1: of the metaverse here? You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Set <laughs> at home. Are you race from home. <laughs> Um the
2: WRC car was super impressive in it though.
3: Yeah, then that's it wasn't the wet to be fair, and that was your all wheel drive grip, is just and then once the F one car gets up and going, you're not yeah. gonna see it like yeah. Um Another one I have here is just a very, very short one, is the F one animated series. Have you seen that? on the f1 channel know, yeah,
1: i've seen a, seen a couple of them i love yeah. it's so
3: funny like is this yeah. the f1 channel yeah so basically right. what they do mm-hmm. is they take like snippets from like over the radio chats and things like that and they put like a wee cartoon to it like totally out of context of what they're saying and it's just that's a good
0: laugh brilliant um just on that um the f1 channel dropped a summary video of the season there oh, I didn't A couple did days it. ago that's pretty good so it is. you want to get angry again you can watch that yeah
3: just you want to recap things and sort of... Um, and then the last bit I think we need to chat briefly about is the Drift Games guys, what they've released. Yeah. Um,
0: and what so, they're going to do.
3: Yeah, so I was more interested, to be honest, in what he was saying about like the YouTube and revenue side of things. Did you watch it, Robin? Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Dave was basically saying that they're trying to get their YouTube going. When they were in the States, you talked about they were at... Uh, what was it? The Adam LZ's compound and the...
0: They went to Hunigan. They went to Adam LZ. Their latest video, actually, is the walk around with... Uh, Dwarte from Drifty HQ, he takes them around the compound. So when they were releasing those videos
3: over there, they were actually doing better and getting more revenue releasing in the states than they do back home. Basically, saying they're being throttled in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Now, what he did say was that there's less advertising, less people advertising on YouTube, which might my, my YouTube. <laughs> well, my YouTube show me a lot of advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot less local people, so they're going to get less revenue from that, which kind of makes sense, but. It did just kind of shock me how little they're getting compared to the likes of American YouTubers. Oh, yeah. um, he does
1: actually... Uh, Dave did actually uh, a full video video breaking down oh, it's, the it's, money of YouTube. Uh, he done oh, it really? about six months yeah, yeah, ago. So it was, yeah, it was, it was actually really cool. I uh, watched that. It, it's really interesting because Adam LZ did Dun- one yeah. as well. And the difference is just... And the, the difference is huge. Oh,
0: we'd watch it to them back to back then and see what it is. Yeah. yeah, I think Adam LZ, he basically said a series of videos he done on the... What he called the Ford was it the Mustang or something mm. that he'd done the barrow swapping. Yeah. Basically, about ten villagers into that he had paid for the car. Yeah, ah, well, nobody's doing that here, unfortunately. That's yeah, the...
1: well, he has that theory that there's no point them ever selling the car because they pay themselves yeah. off. Well, he's done a couple of videos and then he can just leave it sitting in the corner. Ah, it's not and costing him anything. If it if it stops working. Then he does a video of him fixing, fixing it. it, and then then it, pays for it. it pays for itself again. And that's you why know. they laugh
0: when they blow up an engine. They just go, oh, there's three videos that'll pay for that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. true, yeah.
1: Your man, Cletus McFarland's the worst for that. These 30 grand engines, just popping them around himself.
0: It was when he walked into his engine room, and there's just LS everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 Just Where? all Texas speed stuff. Oh. It's crazy. We're in the wrong game. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, in the, well it seems we're in the wrong country as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you made the right move. You went across the water. There's a lot more opportunities over there. <laughs> yeah, like just,
1: but I think even the revenue from YouTube and stuff there is uh, it's lower not, than the States. I think it's States because YouTube just. Just really. Such a big yeah. entity, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the companies, they just threw everything behind YouTube. They're recognizing, even the likes of uh, Sean Maynard. He's uh, Volkswagen marketing. Yeah, so they're going to the shows and things so like that. So they're recognizing the importance of, of... trying to
3: keep in with people and yeah. your customers. Yeah, it's something that it definitely lacks over here. But then, especially with Northern Ireland and Ireland too, we're very behind the times, even compared to the likes of England. Mm. You probably noticed that from living away now. Like, it, There's a very slow culture change in, in doing that. You know, in 10 years' time, you might be... At the YouTube stage of where the YouTubers in the States are now. Yeah. It's sort of sad to see, but it is the reality of where we live, unfortunately. Those guys are on about building a
0: facility for cars to try and promote the scene. I have a theory on it. Well, tell us your theory. I think he's going to put an extension on Mandela Park. Right. Because that's where they're based. Uh, Mandela, uh, I'm hearing they're struggling money-wise. Okay. Because obviously the last two years have hit them really hard. And I think there's going to be some sort of... Eye development of it. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes sense because trying to get anything off
3: the ground here is quite difficult. You know, you try and do a new track. The first thing to do is object to it. Yeah. Where if you have an existing track you want to extend, it's more likely to go ahead with it. Plus
0: you have all the facilities, you have the infrastructure around Mandela too. And then your neighbours will know that there is a motor facility there. Oh, yeah. So you go to a new site, you go to new problems. Aye. Yeah. Which, nuts corner, I think, over the years had seen a lot of that too. Yeah. yeah. But one thing you won't dodge is IS200, definite your gates. That's the one thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're not you somebody. You should vet people coming in. <laughs>
2: I can't remember who it was. Somebody was talking about doing a caffeine and machine, yes, kind the, of thing over here. here. I, I think it's mad. still
1: going it? Yeah, is it still happening? I think so. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but even that coffee machine ran into so much trouble at the start because their first week it was just constant burnouts and partying, Oh Really? And did you all hear the system they have properly kicked out? Did you hear the system they have? Which one? The the don't the, pay plate, a dick one. Recognition. Oh, right no
0: Uh, Robin from Studio Ten. He's been he stayed there a few times, and the owner I forget his name. He actually sat and had a beer with Robin mm. one night. He was staying, and he was telling them about the early stages and all the rest of it. And have cameras, so if anybody's a decking their way out, it's an automatic plate recognition. And the next time they come in, the camera picks them up and go off. Right. The only yeah. thing with that is, since you change your car, you know you're
3: back to being an asshole again. Yeah, mm. it's uh, I I, I used to be like got even with dub shed. You needed know, people like maybe fucking about and. I'd be like, I will remember him. And yeah, then they yeah. turn up the next year in another car and the, you yeah, know, you never they're know. anonymous again. You're like yeah. mm. But there's
1: yep. uh, there's so many like first second gear heroes that are at the cafe machine yeah. that like and does that it, still it, go on? It does a bit, yeah. Um but I think it's less because the, the burnouts and the stuff have stopped.
0: Aye, yeah. Um, and then another thing I've came across in the last year when we were down, is so much more ticketed now, Cafe Machine. Mm. There's days where you just can't turn up. Is yeah. that because of the numbers at it? It's yeah, just sheer numbers yeah. trying to get in. There's like yeah. an afternoon session and an evening session. You have to pre-buy tickets because we, on our way back from players in June, we called in. Th- thought, oh, we'll call in, have a look around, have some date, stop the gate. Sorry, ticketed event. Yeah, we are like,
1: perfect. Yeah. Order food. Ah, yeah, and it, it's not like it's about forty minutes for me. So if you if you go up there, and you get turned away, it's a pain in the arse. Ah, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> just wasted it an evening if you know what
3: I mean. I that does know it's. I suppose it's a this victim of his own success as well. Yeah. Like,
1: well, it's good for them. They're doing all right. Oh, yeah. They'll, um, they'll
3: not be turning it away.
1: Yeah. With the Drift Games thing, though, I thought they might actually buy Mondela Park because they are based there. That's that's yeah, yeah, where yeah, they yeah. they run their all their uh, merch yeah, yeah. stuff from. They keep a lot of their cars there already, so they're well in there. When he first put it up, I was like, oh, it's just going to be a caffeine machine, something like that. Yeah. That's kind of
3: what I was thinking but, about
1: he was talking about actually having somewhere to run cars. and It, it has you, to be you, Mandela. You'd be mad, unless he wants to do like the original Hoonigan thing of just a unit somewhere and there's a load of diffing in the car park.
0: But they're adrift. Yeah. Like have exactly. to have a track or some sort of facility, like, you know.
1: Yeah. And it would save the man to rent it every five seconds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That- but he mentions in the thing planning permission.
1: Yeah, is maybe. that for an extension, then, as you say?
0: I, or think it, I think there's going to be, he's going to put a drift track beside Mandela or something, a custom drift track. Mm. So yes. it'll be interesting to keep an eye on it and see, and hopefully they can do it because, like, like he, sorry,
3: any, anything that promotes motorsport or cars in this country is a plus because yeah. it, it diminishes
0: very, very quickly. Yeah, That's what does. you find. The sad thing, state of affairs in England, drifting's dead now. because oh, really? They have the carton track in the northeast. You look at the BDC now. It's the northeast, and it's Driftland, Scotland. Yeah. And Driftland, I think it's a disused quarry. He bought it or something. Mm. But have you seen the expansion plans he has? No. Yeah. He's going to build a replica of a Japanese track or something out the end of it or something.
1: Yeah, they've they I only With saw a, like all. a little walk around, yeah. but it's like a lot of elevation yeah. change. I think it was veil. Yeah, yeah. Him. he'd done a walk around. Yeah. But they're drifting in the UK. It seems to be going downhill. Uh, but you, it's so you...
0: popular. But the facilities are just.
1: Well, the thing is, Got you them. have to compete if you want to drift. Mm-hmm. If you want to drift like off the road and not in an industrial estate somewhere, you have to be in a competition. There's a, a couple of like drift What You brong days at Santa Pod on a Wednesday. Ah, you yeah. know, when and, nobody's uh, going to be there. Yeah, well, they're always full. But you know, it's apart from that, there's not a lot. It's you know, you you have a few days at Teesside, which is the yeah. the northeast one. But after that, it's just competition, and that's why there's so many people that are out doing street stuff now because yeah, they can't. Because They can't go anywhere, you know.
3: We're over here, there's loads of those, like you know, skid missile type days that they talk about where you can literally yeah. just buy an old shitter E46. and yeah. it. There there, is There's Zully a few of those, for...
1: but if you have like a half decent car and you don't want some guy some... in an IS200 coming stick, sticking your door in,
0: yeah, what do you do kind of thing? Yeah, there's... well, you've got Northern Ireland's basically slab events. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, all Rally type well, stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. You've got the, there's a drift thing at not Corner, this run. Yeah. And then there's a drift thing, it's the X runway up at Lima Valley direction. That's right. Yeah. Do, and oh, this is a rectangle. Like, fair enough, whatever. Tully Run. There, there's no. Tully Run as well. Uh, Oval. Mm. There's no proper
3: drift track. Yeah, well, that's true. I think like John Bill and those guys, they hired out, was it a maybe? I right. Think okay. they did. Just like privately and just yeah. run them. Because they have sort of like. Cars that they'll slide, but they're you know less than ten year old like GT eighty sixes that you don't want. As yeah. you say, getting your door stuffed in on it, like and they, they all go out and they'll give each other space and then go and slide around and have yeah. a bit of crack, which keeps your license intact, which is the main yeah. thing. Yeah. It's see now with mobile phones, CCTV, ever you can do nothing like and spotted, like that's yeah. and dash cams is another one. You know, there you go, and it just takes what, some what a way head. to get
1: caught. Some old granny's dash cam.
3: Yep. And there, you look at those like dash cam, uh, YouTube channels, uh, Facebook pages, it's so popular mm-hmm. and everybody's like, look at this dickhead here. And you're yeah.
1: like, mate, give it a rest. Like, Yeah, they'll have no problem turning you in as well. No, they're all tights. Tight, tight. That's it. Nobody likes tights here,
3: <laughs> especially when you're in the car. Um, yeah, I think that's it for YouTube
0: then. If you yep. want to jump into the ads? You want to go first, Nigel? Right, so I have two questions. Do you love the golden era of motorsports in the 70s, 80s, 90s? I could run up and say no, but yes. Do you love quality clothing and accessories? Yes. Yes. Well, what the hell are you waiting for? Head over to reload.global shop now. We got you covered with all the best of retro motorsport apparel, taking cues from the golden era of DTM and Group B. with everything to satisfy the most extreme petal head with new designs coming in January 2022. You'll be glad to hear. So head over to reload.global now. Any boxers? Because I didn't get any for Christmas. You didn't get any boxers? Nope you we'll have to work on that one Mark three golf box just loads <laughs> of holes in them. <laughs>
2: Before we move on, I want to mention our other sponsors, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Located in Ballameda, Northern Ireland, not only are they a Ma'Vinci approved detailer specialising in vehicle detailing, paint correction and ceramic coatings, they also have a series of online training courses called Foundation Pro. Foundation Pro is designed to help you improve your skill set at any level, whether starting out on your own vehicle or starting a business venture, and it also comes with many benefits, such as discounts with various detailing companies. To get details on packages offered, Foundation Pro, or the other services provided, check them out at studio10car.care, or simply search Studio 10 Detailing on Google, Facebook, or Instagram.
3: And just before we go on and grill Robin here, give him like a job interview type <laughs> interview here, I um, just want to mention, buy me a coffee. We've had quite a number of donations from everybody. Yeah, We big didn't shirts. really know what we are going to do, as in like, well, we know what we're going to do with the money, because we're going to invest we're, it in we're gear. We're just actually
0: talk about what we're going to do. With money. But...
3: Like, we didn't know what to do, as in, like, shout people out or whatever, or people maybe don't want their name read out, you know, that kind of thing. But if anybody wants to message in, and suggest things that we can do for those people that have donated, you know, let us know. I've messaged everybody. personally are you thinking we're
0: going to do cameos, you know, uh, yeah, what's videos?
3: It. I'll send nudes, like, I've no problem. Um, <laughs> Got bills to pay, bitch. <laughs> that's it. Anybody who has listened to this will know I have no boundaries, so um, all about the nudes. Um yeah, well, thanks. Well. Thanks very much to everybody that did send stuff. It will go back into uh, our gear because yep. we are lacking in some areas
0: not, not into gear.
3: No into no, no our
1: gear.
0: No 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 no, no
3: gear. Do that sort of shit.
1: <laughs> but yes I think th- these donations are gonna be pulled back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> People are phoning the bank. How do you get refund? <laughs> Is he buying drugs with that <laughs>
0: But no, I really appreciate it folks. Thank yep, you. Absolutely. So Yes, so as I said at the start of the episode, we're joined by Rob McGrath, who is the Senior Composite Design Engineer for Alpine Racing. So we're just going to fire a few questions at you, and we'll have questions sent in by our listeners. So thanks again for sending stuff in. So I'll hand over to our chief well, interviewer.
3: There are a, a number of questions, There's some sensible ones and some funny ones. So you <laughs> maybe get a laugh from them, which is good. I suppose the first thing to really kick off is... is Who do you work for? Who have you worked for? How long have you been doing this kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so I've been in F1 for eight and a bit years now. I did two years at Lotus F1 team, um, back from 2013 to 15. Then I did five years at Red Bull. And this year, uh, April this year, I've joined Alpine F1. Nice. Which actually is the same team that Lotus was. It's just been renamed... (laughs) twice <laughs> so it was lotus then it was Renault, and now it's alpine it
3: what's funny our friend richie brown he's big into racing of all kind of and he would sort of educate us because we're fairly fresh on f1 mm. and he would be like that team is this 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 have you heard of them and you can work your way yeah, back like, that
2: used to be benetton used to be this used to be this it's yeah. crazy
3: yeah the way they get bought over and change the names and yeah you're so watching th- a team that you know from 10 15 years ago
1: yeah well that that team originally was tolman in the 80s. Wow. Yeah, that's way back then. So it was Tolman and then Benetton and then Renault the first time and then through the Lotus era and then Renault again and now Alpine. Impressive. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. they move about a bit, but yeah.
3: Um, So how do you get into this kind of thing? You know, obviously do you go down the university route or do you go like another way or?
1: Yeah, so I I went the university route. So I did mechanical engineering at University of Ulster in Jordanstown and then. Big up. (laughs) myself. <laughs> and then I basically realised that I didn't, there wasn't much that I wanted to do on it. At the time I was racing at Kirkerson. I was racing low cost and I wanted to just pursue, pursue racing and one of the lecturers actually said go to this university, do a master's here and then you can go on. Kind of yeah, exactly.
3: and." It's a good seven
1: stone kind of thing. Yeah, exactly and Good to get advice. At like a, yeah, there's, there's kind of two universities in the UK that do motorsport stuff that Make it easier to, for to get into F one. Are they looking for like a pool from that type of yeah, university? Yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, it isn't. There are people from all universities in F one. It's not specific to these two universities, but Cranfield University, where I went to, and then Oxford Brookes mm-hmm. are very tied into the industry. That's and, good, and we pull a lot of people from there. Um, it's like F
0: one Academy almost.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they do the whole Formula Student thing, and. They they do all right. Um, Were you involved in former student with the University of Ulster? Uh, no, it wasn't running when I, I was oh, there. Oh, right, right. Uh, it, it wasn't running in a few years. And I, to be honest, I wouldn't have had the time anyway, because any time away from uni or work, I was working on oh, our own, own cars. Ah, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah So I, I didn't have more time to be uh, doing that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the route I went in. And uh, Lotus at the time originally came to Cranfield and interviewed a few people. There they were meant to be interviewing the top eight. I was not in the top eight. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Very modest. And I, I went in and uh bullshitted my way into an interview and, Excellent. and, That's and what ended up like getting <laughs> the job. It was it was lucky, you know, it it worked out. How all you make right your own me. Yeah. So I, I was I was actually at Snetterton when they phoned me and offered me a job, nice. and I was just a- absolutely over the moon. Yeah. Were you racing
3: there, or were you there for another race? Or so something? I was
1: running a guy that year in Formula Four, which is now. I don't know what it is now, is it FIA formula 4 or something like that? Uh-huh. But I was, yeah, I was doing race engineering for one of those guys just to I see you were heavily involved in
3: that lower end of the industry yeah, yeah. before
1: going into that. That's yeah, good too, yeah. Uh, you know, I I went to my first race at Kirkerson when I was two weeks old. My dad's a scrutineer there. My mum's dad used to be a timekeeper there and I just like it's I, I, I've been, I, yeah, I've been in racing my whole life. And yeah, so I wanted to keep doing something.
3: Well, when you started then with Alexa Lotus, was it what you expected? Did you go in as a design engineer for them?
1: Yeah, so I went in as a graduate composite design engineer. So we were looking, composite design engineers, we look after all the carbon fi- fibre stuff that's mm-hmm. on, on the car. So from the chassis, the gearbox case and um, all the bodywork, wings, all that stuff. So I went in as a grad, and I started doing some bodywork bits, and literally in my second week was just thrown in at the deep end. That's it good. was yeah, it was. Lotus at that time was a really good place to start because they weren't paying anyone, so right. everyone was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> See ya, yeah, exactly. So uh, um, I think it came to my first paycheck, and the head of composites took me aside and said, "You know, I'm really sorry about, but we're not we're not getting paid on time this month." I was like, I don't care. Aye, I'm <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids, you know. and yeah. It's other people who are in problem. But it actually worked out really well for me because I picked up stuff that, you know, I really shouldn't have been working on uh-huh. so, so soon. Yeah, you're getting the opportunity to get into things because there's no one there to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we, we went from there. And uh, no, it it was a, a good place to start off with.
3: And then you progressed into Red Bull from that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, similar kind of work.
1: Yeah, it was two years later, and they still weren't paying people. And <laughs> yeah, that gets old. I would yeah, uh, so we never, never actually didn't get paid. They were just all the money was coming out of Venezuela, and it was a bit mañana, mañana, and uh, <laughs> it was, it, it was always a bit late. Um, yeah, the thing about F one is you sometimes don't ask where the money comes from. Oh, you don't? Know because someone might tell you. I was going to say, do not ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should this
0: maybe be a Patreon episode? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, I I, uh, I went and saw the job advertised at Red Bull and got went and interviewed there as a backup. Okay. And it was I went there and went, damn, that's that's this pretty good. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of want this. So uh, these guys are getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I ended up there for five years and um, I started off there doing. Uh, bodywork and stuff and then went on to doing impact structures so okay, yeah. front and rear of the and side of the f1 cars the nose and the tail are both impact structures thanks max yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you have to uh smash those into um concrete walls and test them out and they have certain g limits and uh, load limits that they have to see so that's quite similar to what i do in work as well yeah. in the
3: aerospace side of things yeah, yeah. so i know like, do you guys do that in-house at Red Bull or
1: no? We actually at Cranfield University they have an impact cent- center there, and it's ev- every team apart from the two Italian teams use it, and um, yeah, we we go there, which for Red Bull is nice and easy because it's just up the road. All the other teams have to travel a bit further, but it's really good fun going and smashing. Yeah, stuff. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's over very very quickly. There's just like it's so like, gigantic, like a day set up or something, yeah, and it's like a
3: split second. And it's yeah,
1: done. You've, you've you've especially for the first one of the year because you've spent you know four months designing this, and oh. it's maybe you've used three <laughs> weeks making it, and then it's over. It's fifth. I think I think it's changed this year, but it was fifteen meters a second that goes into the Ooh. into the wall, so it's literally gone yeah. in a puff.
0: Then your primal nature comes out and goes, smash it, smash yeah, it.
1: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, burn it with fire. Um,
3: so as a designer then, do you assess the wreckage? You know, Do you go through that and say, right, I need to redo this, that, or does somebody else do that set of things for you guys? Yeah, or? so
1: we have and um, R&D teams that are involved heavily in all of the crash tests and stuff, and they're very good at analyzing all the wreckage from the impact tests. Mm-hmm. so when you smash carbon fibre like that if if it's done right it all folds up sort okay. of rolls up or concertina's up so you can then take it out put it on a bench and pull it out it's like the, an accordion, yeah, yeah. So you can basically pull it back out and then you can tell from that like tea leaves uh, how yeah. it actually worked and they lo- put that against the graphs and try and work out you know what worked and what what didn't because We run this stuff really close to the edge, you know, especially in the last few years where, especially on the front end, the noses have been getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh You have a lot less energy to... Dissipate? Sorry, a lot of energy to dissipate in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. So you're very close to the limits.
3: And after Red Bull and you worked your way into Alpine and yeah. same kind of things as well as the crash structures you're doing now or
1: No, so I'm I'm a senior looking after at the moment the bodywork and floor group. So um all bodywork and the floor for next year. I was going to say it's
3: a big change for next year,
1: isn't it? Yeah okay. it, it's it's a big thing. That's good. <laughs> it, it's a big <laughs> job at the moment. Um we're moving away from or sorry, moving into ground effect cars. So the floor now becomes Part of a, the aero. It, it was always part of the aero, but the, the, the idea behind these rigs is that the floor works harder than it has done before Very because good. it's less affected by following other cars.
3: Yeah. So that's your dirty air comes in that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so is
2: that a bit like, wasn't there a team that put a fan under the car years ago? Yeah. yeah, to yeah. So to it, like,
1: suck it down yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Who was
2: that? Was that Lotus or somebody?
1: I'm, I'm not don't even go sure. Go was remember. it the
2: player's car?
3: Uh, it might have been the John Player Special yeah. car, yeah. yeah. That's going way back, like...
1: Yeah, but they, some of them had... The, the Some of the John Player's cars definitely had, uh, like, Teflon skirts. Skirts, that came, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It came yeah. down. But the problem with ground effect, things like that, is as soon as you hit a curb and you lift one of those skirts, you've lost all your downforce. Yeah, <laughs> and if Near you're in trouble. Yeah, if you're doing, like, 270 kph... Oh, that, and you lose that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That can be get quite, ugly really That quick. can be quite scary, so, yeah.
3: You, you see even, like, in the races, of like, the Front end gets damaged at all, it affects them so much, as you say. So, if you get that mid race, like a slight lift, you've lost it. Yeah, um, so you guys are designing these parts. Is it a slow process or is it a quick process? As in, like, I imagine designing the car coming into the season is fairly slow, but like, do you guys make changes throughout the season or so? Like if you're designing something, how quick is it to get it onto a car, you know, or does it go through like some sort of testing beforehand or does it get it out there?
1: So it depends on the bit. So a lot of the obviously suspension and impact structures and stuff, we have a lot of testing that goes on beforehand. So you'll make one, especially with noses. is we, we normally book in like three or four tests or something like that. You you'll smash the first one. If it passes Wahoo, then you get the FAA. They come and witness the actual. If if it doesn't, you have an iterative process of you know changing things and changing things, and it can go through. Like I, I know teams that have have done like twenty noses to try and get one to pass. Yeah, you know it, it's crazy, but you got to remember, like if you were just doing a pure impact structure, it'd be fine. But we're trying to run ducts through this, and they've got cameras bolted on the side, and then you're trying to make them torsionally stiff for hold up the front wings and stuff. Um, but things like bodywork, work, um, we'll literally just design them and send them straight to the track and it can be, you know, the quickest turnaround. So the way we work is we get surfaces released from the aerodynamics department. Okay, So they'll send over the surfaces of what they want as in what exterior shape they want from that. And then it's our job to actually make it into a real bit mm-hmm. and send it through. So from getting the air release out, it can be anything from six to ten weeks to get it actually to the track. That's a long enough process then, yeah. yeah it it is, but there's quite a lot that goes into that. And we can and have done it shorter. Mm-hmm. The whole Red Bull philosophy is to get it to the track as quick as possible. Okay. and there t- That's... The way that Adrian set up the the company because mm-hmm. it's his company is arrow to the track. That's it. Design is a small bit in between, uh-huh. you know. Um, so they definitely push things to get it there as quickly as possible.
3: And like technologies wise, do you guys like prototype with three D printing or anything like that? Or yeah,
1: it... so some of the stuff we'll will three D print beforehand just to check. We used to do a lot of um. Like physical mock-up cars. Back in the old Lotus days, we used to 3D print almost every main component and stick it all together oh, right, beforehand. Yeah. Um, but now it's mostly done digitally. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a team that run through and make sure that you're not smashing into everything. Because with all the components on this car, like the the one they always say in the press releases, it's like 35,000 parts, but that takes into account bolts and washers Aye, it's, and it's everything. <laughs> anything. But um, there's a lot of parts on these cars and to get them to fit together is just crazy. So, yeah, this is always the hard time of the year is car build to make sure everything fits because everything's sort of designed to be five mil off something else. Uh-huh. It's always that thing. If you open up the CAD and there's a space, it means you haven't opened up something because there's, <laughs> no, there's, normally, there's normally something in there, you know?
3: Ah, uh, you're very, very fine tolerances. on well. Yeah. And is there like a typical day in your kind of role? You know, if somebody was to say, going into that type of thing, is it, is it always changing or do you go in and it's generally the same thing day to day?
1: So it's generally the same thing, you know, we're taking stuff from Aero, Design designer and send that out to be manufactured or manufactured in the house. But I think the the thing I love about the role is that you can do so many different things um, within the same department. Good variety I mean. to keep you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as I said, it, Red Bull, I did noses and rear impact structures, and then I went on and did gearbox casings. Mm -hmm. And then here I'm doing floors and bodywork. So they're completely different components and are, you know, you handle them in different ways, different lead times, and different amount of people that are involved in the job. So it, it, it can vary quite a lot, but there are times of the year where it is just. Take it in and bash it out, and <laughs> send I see it, you know? how it goes. Yeah, there's yeah, there's sometimes it, it's just like any job, you know, it goes on in and out.
3: When you're saying about composites, then is it all carbon, or do you just work with other type of stuff?
1: Uh, it's mostly carbon. Yeah, yeah, we have a couple of glass bits um, here and there, but it's yeah, mostly carbon.
3: Uh, so the even the gearbox cases are carbon then as well. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Now I imagine it would have been aluminium, you know, or
1: yeah. So the last metallic. Gearbox casing I know of was, a think, Lotus, and they had <laughs> a cast titanium one. Right? That then, so it's spun cast. Right, uh, yeah. So, yeah. The, so it, it's spinning while they cast it. So
3: it sets up the grain structure through it, doesn't it?
1: Well, it's also because it's like three mil thick in places. Oh, so, right. so it's to <laughs> actually <laughs> get it to <laughs> like the flow. flow. And then it used to come back and it used to go on the uh, machines at Cosworth for like five weeks to be machined. <laughs> And there was only one guy who machined it at Cosworth. So and he went on holiday one year and we were late. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. you get him back? <laughs> yeah, it, it was one of those ones. Can we pay him some money so he comes off his holiday? But um, I think that was the last metallic gearbox, casing. Um
3: And that's gone back, what, about eight, six, eight years ago? Yeah, kind of thing. yeah
1: and uh, everything after that is carbon. And there's there's sort of two ways to do it. There's the sort of uh, the way Merck have it, which is like an out... Uh, an outside carbon structure and then inside they have a metallic structure which holds all the gears and, and
3: your burns and things yeah, like that
1: and everything or the Red Bull way which is like uh, it's all part of the same carbon um, structure so they press their bearings and stuff into the actual carbon structure
3: That's impressive. I yeah. really
1: wouldn't have imagined that yeah the disadvantage of that though is if you crash and damage the carbon you take a gearbox penalty.
3: Well, that was like the case of Maxer was going into the last race. Mm. That was the big thing about he slapped the back end and they were worried mm. about the gearbox. I actually didn't realize how big of a deal that was until now you're saying that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so they, you get a grid penalty if you change a gearbox. And I think the year Pierre was driving for Red Bull, we went through quite a lot of gearboxes and he got quite a lot of penalties. for that. Yeah.
3: That's crazy. Is there yeah. any other components? I like got you would imagine would be traditionally like like metallic materials that are now carbon or have they looked into doing blocks in carbon? It's probably not feasible, is it? No,
1: it's stuff like that's not feasible because carbon works in directions. I so, so it's not in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it it doesn't really work for. Uh, there's stuff that will always be metallic, like blocks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the chassis, um, the actual you know cockpit and survival cells. The the loads they take for being uh, composite structures is just unbelievable. So they do, this year the loads have gone up. So I think, I might be wrong here, but I think it's 30 tonnes is the side squeeze on the chassis. So this all came out of, I don't know why you saw, there was a guy killed in F2 last year. No. uh, Anton Hubert. Um, he was Pierre Gasly's friend. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was he went and spun at the top of Eau Rouge and Spa, and a car came round and hit him side on at a hundred and something.
0: Like I said yeah.
1: pierced the chassis. Oh right, yeah. And um, so for this year for F1 and for a lot of the other series when they're up for being redesigned, um, they've upped the loads, the test loads, so they've put thirty tons on the side of the chassis for next year. To put in like comparison, a forty-foot shipping container, the max filling weight is twenty-seven tons.
3: Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so that's that a sidewards on e- on yeah, lower.
1: exactly on the chassis, and that's something that's made out of carbon, which it's impressive. Know, yeah, yeah, it's it's a massive load, and it. it's incredibly scary to watch.
3: You were saying earlier, then this time of year, that like you're flat out obviously coming into the new season. Mm. How far ahead do you just get design briefs? You know, so do the FIA give you like the new chassis, like before we hear about it, kind of thing? Or
1: Yeah, so the FIA will give us the full uh, regulations. A lot later than we start designing. Ah. So so they give us the outline of the regulations, but especially one where there's a road change like this, there's constant arguing that goes on about it between the teams. So all the teams will ask for different changes and, and stuff like that as they go through. But the guys, uh, like the chassis guys, will start sort of March, April, looking at next year's chassis. I and so they're well ahead then. Yeah, Yeah, and then the rest of us sort of on an ordinary season where we're doing end season development, will start sort of maybe August time mm-hmm. and then from August it just ramps up until November, December January, February are just mental
0: I, I think one of the seasons that stands out for me years ago was the season that Jensen Button won the championship mm. and as much as he was a good driver, a lot of it had to do with the previous season, the teams that comp- I forget if it was Hamilton or Vettel were competing each other mm. and it, meant the team m two top teams were late into the next season mm. which give button an advantage and for the first i think six eight races he was blowing everybody away but then by the end mid-season then they started to catch up and he just got the championship
1: yeah that was the one that honda pulled out honda's great anytime honda pulls out someone wins that's involved <laughs> with them so they're pulling out next year red bull one they pulled out that time <laughs> and then Braun bought them for a quid Oh, and that's nice. right. And then won the championship.
0: Right, wired on the high.
1: He, yeah, and then sold it to Merck. Uh-huh. He did well there. Aye, um, not too bad. Yeah, but they, they, um, they came up with some original stuff for that car, which would have been designed under the Honda banner. Uh-huh. And then went in, and Honda were gone, and they won everything. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: So, do you guys get much involvement with the drivers or the races themselves or anything like that? Or is it kind of separate from what do you guys get?
1: Yeah, so, we don't go to the races. We don't, uh, not many of the engineers go to the races. Um, it's only the sort of guys that are needed there. The teams are restricted in size at the track now. I can't remember how many people it is, but... Um, you can't just take as many people as you want because it was getting a bit ridiculous so fair enough yeah. and to be fair it still is ridiculous because the amount of people that you have there to build two cars is crazy um but everyone has a job and they work they work hard at it um you occasionally will go out for something that's called visa victim um a visa victim is someone who is charged with flying parts to the track in a suitcase or in boxes that sounds like our prisons yeah <laughs> yeah through a commercial airline yeah so you show up to a flight They don't know that you have four six foot by four foot boxes with you. You (laughs) arrive at Gatwick and go, I want to get these on as extra luggage. And they go, That'll be a grand. And you go, Okay. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) And some of the stuff that uh, you you send that way is is mental. I went to Monaco once and yeah, I had, I think I had three front wings and two suitcases with me. And I got I got off the other end and I Excess
0: had no, baggage perhaps? Yeah, well
1: I had no uh Euros. So when I got to the other end I couldn't pay for a trolley. Oh so my I had, God. I I had to stack them and of course the race team guys send out vans to pick you up, but you have to get out of the luggage area. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I tried sweet talking the security guards and they just weren't for it. So I literally just stacked them and pushed them to the door. <laughs> Along the floor, but yeah, they they have sent crazy amounts of stuff that way.
3: So it's a glamorous life then, yeah. <laughs>
1: the, well, it's glamorous sometimes, but that, sometimes it's not. Um,
2: what did you have to bring to somewhere one time, and you were wrist. trying to make up a handle out of a bit of wire or something? Yeah, you
3: a box like that and I was like, "How am I going to carry this?" And we literally stapled you no know, like plastic bat strapping yeah. on One that sort of try and carry it, and it broke halfway. It was just like an <laughs> absolute disaster <a> thing. <laughs> Um, Similar but different story really Yeah it's funny the way different (laughs) industries do the same kind of thing Yeah
1: it is Yeah, But some of the the stuff like um, I know Red Bull on Monaco Where they don't compete on a Thursday They fly stuff back to the factory To get tested And then they fly it back to the track On the Friday What's the idea behind that? Just so that they can prove out some of the hydraulic stuff So it's run on car Mm -hmm. And then they send it back to get checked And then throw it back on the car afterwards
3: that's mental money, uh, that, and you that's, sort of take that, it in like it's it? crazy. Like, mm. yeah. um, obviously, you were saying at the start then to like racings in your blood. Were you specifically an F one fan before you started in the industry?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I I've been an F one fan all my life, you know. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't the end. I just wanted to work in motorsport. And uh-huh. I didn't care where it was. I, I'd always thought that uh, pro driver M Sport, one of the rallying teams, would be like really fun to work for. They, uh-huh. the, they, they do cool stuff and. I sort of fell into the lotus thing as i said i, I sort of bs my way into the interview and got in that way and now i just i love it That's yeah class. it is it, it, it's really good fun it's uh
0: there's not many people that get to work at their passion so yeah yeah it's great that you actually
3: enjoy it yeah because a lot of times it kills it for people
0: too
1: yeah and it, it, it's funny the industry has sort of a few different types of people you have all the, the young people coming in and everyone's excited and everything like that. You have the sort of mid-rangers like me who are in like 10 years, and then you get the lifers who have been in, you know, 30 years and are still still there. And a well, lot of, are,
0: are they still as keen-focused? Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they, just li- life. The lifers yeah. love it. You know? I suppose if you he weren't, you'd be away before
3: that. Yeah, and it.
1: there are a few people that you, you're very liable to burn out in this industry very liable and mental health is is a thing you know it's talked about a lot now but it, it maybe it wasn't a few years ago mm. uh-huh. and you are pushed to your maximum a lot of the time you, you know it's not a, it's not an easy job yeah because you, you're using your brain quite a lot and for long hours in the day mm-hmm. and uh, it, it can really have an effect sometimes but if you get used to Dealing with that, and remember that you're just designing racing cars. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're not a surgeon or Nobody's something like this. You know? specifically die that day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You just um, you you can get on with it. You know, I think a lot of the kids when they come in, have that problem that don't understand
3: how high a pressure the industry is. Yeah,
1: yeah, because it is. You know, um, the the fact that we're doing prototype racing and stuffs getting done so quickly. Yeah, it, it's a and bit somebody of stands shouting. Probably you know that you're a senior <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well there's about that, but yeah it's it's interesting and it, it's definitely down to managing people to to get stuff done. that it, that the days of shouting at people and saying this is your job, get it done is is over. Uh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. Unless right? you're in
3: construction, I find.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sparks just fine there. Yep, it's still the same. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um so the new season in twenty twenty two, big changes for the cars. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think of it?
1: I think the cars are going to look amazing. It's it's like a proper concept job.
3: The stance boy in me is like 18s. It just looks so good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's so many nice wheels. Like yeah. I've seen some of the renderings and I think there was, I think I saw a BBS one that was done online. And so some of the stock, the 18 inch wheels look amazing.
3: Can we get a set of RSs
1: onto it? <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're all being covered with like turbo fans, yeah, that, turbo yeah. fans. Yeah. And the turbo fans—they've done look terrible. They're little yeah. donuts that yeah. just sit in the middle, and like, because I have I have turbo fake turbo fans on the on the E30. I, I love, want to talk about this later. I yeah. love turbo fans, <laughs> uh, but the ones that they are stuck on the F1 car for um next year are yeah, they're terrible.
3: They're talking like they're going to use them for advertising. Is that right? <laughs> Possibly.
1: I, so we don't find out the liveries until everyone else does, basically. Oh, un, right. un, until car build, we don't find out what colour the car is going to be or anything like this. <laughs> you know, with with sponsors, yeah, you have an idea and you can get rumours off people in the paint department. Um, but like at the moment, our paint department's been locked down until after the car's released. So they don't want do you yeah, know So then? you have to be on a list to get in there because that's where all the that's where all the money comes from. Really, is actually those deals. And, so you don't want that leaked then? Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
3: I was reading into too as well. A big thing, and you touched on earlier, was the aero changes for like dirty air coming off the cars. Mm. Do you think that'll allow more like wheel to wheel racing? I think that's the idea behind it. That's the
1: idea behind it, and I'm really hopeful it does. Yeah, I would love to see it. They've definitely simplified up the front of the car. When you see the front wings and stuff, everything looks a lot simpler, but. The aerodynamics guys are very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they're paid for it. That's, that that is literally their job. And I often think that the regulation setters they don't have as many good aerodynamicists as, you know, the ten F one teams do. huh. So I think we'll wait and see because, you know, you might find that it might just be just as bad. Oh, right. <laughs> aye. Fair enough. You know. Um have you like a particular favourite
3: Story within the industry, you were saying they're a bit like getting flying out to Monaco with all the stuff. You know, is that a highlight for you, or have you anything else weird or wonderful has happened?
1: Um, so the highlight has to be the championship this year, yeah. Though I am working for a different team, it's my components that are in the Red Bull, but I think another highlight was Max's first win. Uh-huh. So when I was at Red Bull, I designed a flap for the front wing, okay. I then flew it to Spain. Because I was visa victim for that race, <laughs> and then I watched Max win the race at, oh, at the circuit with something new design in, in Barcelona with that flap on the front wing, and that that was pretty special, pride moment. Yeah, yeah that that was yeah. You, you don't get a lot like that, and just the fact of being there was yeah, that sticks with you. Yeah, buzz. yeah. Yeah, that that was unbelievable. So
3: what did you think of the end of the 2001 season then?
1: I am massively biased, so I'm possibly not the person that
3: has. <laughs> Yeah, now, You're probably sitting with three other like-minded people, out Well, I don't
1: know, Nige has a, a Lewis Hamilton monster sitting in front of him. I, so. just,
0: I just put that out just to annoy you so <laughs> I'm actually.
1: I normally shocked. don't drink
0: it, but I found it down and I will really notice that. <laughs> Lee's not wearing a Red Bull hoodie today.
2: No, and I don't have any Red Bull. This is
1: it's impressive. an
2: unusual day. You're probably asleep yeah. in the corner. <laughs>
3: It was a strange ending, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It was, and I think, I think it has been made stranger by the fact that this year they've started playing the teams chats with the FIA. Yes, because they never played that yeah. before. So no you, one heard that. Like I, the highlight was no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Total, total losing it, but like, I, I don't think that should be a thing. I don't think the teams should have that level of communication with a race director. I think the race in the old days when Max Mosley was there, I think you just got told that was what it. you were doing. Yeah in, in the old guard of Bernie's mm-hmm. lot when they were about you just got told what you were right. doing. And I think now you can't fill those shoes because yeah. they don't have that authority anymore.
0: Do you think that's the Netflix sort of full disclosure Get the fans involved. That's why. Yeah, yeah. and
1: I, I think they needed it as well because.
0: Try to survive has just blown F one massively. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it's
1: gone. It's gone absolutely mental, and it's fantastic for the teams because yeah. as soon as you have that, the revenue from advertising goes up. You know, because they're seeing more again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the teams sell minutes of airtime. To the sponsors. So they record for their sponsors how many times they were shown on TV.
3: Right. Ah, I didn't and know then that. they
1: sell that back to them and say, well, you know, last year you were shown on TV this many times. Yeah. And the viewership for F1's mental. It's like 500 million per race or something like that. So
3: even if they crash out, like a mid level team yeah, crashes yeah, yeah. out, suddenly they're on TV, well, they may yeah, as well get the most yeah, out of it. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I think it, it's all been part of that.
0: Be interesting to hear what the figures were for that last race because. I was actually working in the bar the afternoon the race was on, and when you know the final lap, like it was like an FA Cup final. Mm.
3: It know. was it was absolutely insane, and like well, you know from listening to us from the early days, like we weren't into F one, yeah. and I would have shunned F one because it was not my thing. And then as soon as we found drive to survive, we just got addicted to it. And yeah. there's bound to be more people out there like us have done the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, and I think it just opened up, up so much because. There was a time there; all the teams were so closed off and so guarded, and the teams still want to be. But I think the Netflix thing is massive; it it's done so much for them. I think was it
3: Brian was telling us like, that was it F one had originally shunned anything like that, like social media and things like that. They didn't want to be putting it out there, kind of thing. Yeah. Where now it's just opened up for everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it, as as you were saying earlier, the the Formula One YouTube is actually really good. I, yeah. yeah,
3: it's fantastic.
1: If you said it's a, great, a great channel. Yeah. Well, if you said like. 10 years ago that you were going to be able to find the F1 highlights on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the net. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. But or, yeah. or it was
0: previously to protect that because the TV had paid for this. Yeah, the, exactly. Or whatever the rights
1: and the TV rights are still massive. But when you have, you have to bring new people into the sport. And the, the I think the viewership was just slowly aging. Ah uh, yeah, so they're gonna start dying off eventually. Yeah, exactly. So you need to embrace social media and Netflix and that culture and it's nice to see some of the bitching that goes on behind. Yeah, the definitely. Like even there, are, like all the teams have their own YouTube
3: channels as well. Yeah. I was sitting down, Watson um McLaren had one. Yeah, it was Although actually, McLaren's Watson one McLaren. is
2: f- whoever does their video on <laughs> is it videoing <laughs> on a fucking potato like? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Uh, Yeah, watch a few of them, and even like silly things that the drivers do, like their secret Santas and things. Yeah, It's just light entertainment, you know. It it draws people more into it.
1: I like the Twitter accounts as well because you get the 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 teams slagging each other off on the on the Twitter, which is Günther is king, the Banther singer one. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
3: uh, What's the general feeling then in the industry of? Drive to survive. You know, is it a kind of a mixed bag, or is everybody? No, I think I
1: think everyone loves it. Yeah, yeah, they they do, uh, and uh, and we all watch it because <laughs> okay. there's a lot of stuff that we won't see there yeah. as well. You know, we 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 obviously get all the debriefs from our side, but we don't know what's going on in the other teams. I so, true Yeah, I
0: gather there's a bit of clever editing in it too. Just from I've heard different things being said and stuff that there's,
3: I suppose, like any TV, you'll always get fabricated big backstories editing, or clever
0: stuff. You know
1: yeah
3: well it i think that's why max said he's not in it at the minute or that's his official reason anyway isn't it that they're kind of fabricating things that yeah like m- grudges and stuff that aren't I think, there i think it was on instagram
0: mm-hmm. somebody put up a couple a couple of things you know this is what happened in real time this is what netflix turned it into you know yeah but then that's how you build excitement the theater yeah exactly the
1: they're they're selling the show aren't they yeah, yeah. I'm but looking the forward race, to it. The
2: race day itself is also a bit like that. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff happening on the track because there's twenty cars out there, so you can't show everything all of the time. So the, we watched that thing the other night, your man, about how they film it. It was I've, really interesting.
3: Have you guys seen it on YouTube? No, it was like a. It wasn't anything to do with F one. It was a guy who's into like photo, like videography, and he was just doing like a background on how they do it. Mm-hmm. And they were saying about like how they basically build this entire circus at every stadium. And that all the teams, like they split up, was it 180 odd cameras or something? Yeah. And they're split and into the certain teams. And the helicopter and the
2: thing and everything. And then there's a whole studio going on, going, go to camera two, go to camera, you know. Mm. But they have to kind of pick, they have to go, right, we're following this storyline at the minute. We're following, you know, the mid-pack thing or we're following the leader or, you know.
1: You're not going to see everything. You can't those. see
2: everything all at once. yeah. yeah
1: and some of the one thing is quite interesting with the the new wave of the the F1 and being able to like access everyone's cars and stuff like that like the big teams have graduates that are watching all the cars on the different live streams right so they'll have like cars that they're specifically watching uh-huh. and they'll have the radio for those cars that they're transcribing as as, as, <laughs> as well and they have like wartime secrets yeah. well it, it's it's literally like that so um if you have if you are in a fight with someone and they suddenly say that their tires are going off they have a little emergency button that sends that to the the race engineer uh-huh. so that will flash up on his computer and say this guy's just said this and then so they he, can use that to make their strategy decisions you know, he actually
3: notice that I find in the race and obviously in way if you're watching it it'll come up and say oh um, Verstappen comes up and says my tires are mm. getting worn out but then he races on there's no chains. Is there a lot of tactical stuff like that too where they'll maybe say something like that, but it's a bluff? You know, does that go on? So,
1: every time I see Lewis, I think it's a bluff. Yeah, well, every time he says that. It was actually Lewis I was thinking, yeah, that, I didn't I was mean like, to say That's that, that, that a lie. That is a, but I, I, I'm sure it's driver specific. I don't think it's, it's a team managed thing. Uh-huh. I think it's just one of those things, I'm sure they could play games because they know everyone's left yeah. listening and, that. and that's why everything's coded as as well when they I talk- say
2: like plan B or you know
1: Yeah exactly and it, it changes every time but you, you can got to remember at the factory there's like statisticians that are sitting there doing all the math with all their programs that they've written mm. to try and work out the best way and the fastest way to get to the finish line through people. So basically <laughs> them
0: four guys are sitting on the pit wall, they're getting fed from the factory.
1: Yeah, so there's there'll be the <laughs> the four guys on the pit wall and then there'll be another maybe four or five in the garage. Mm-hmm. And then normally there's for the bigger teams there'll be about ten at the factory who are doing different things. So That's
3: mad the number of people that is involved and right yeah. down did you
0: say like graduates listening and what they're saying, you know, it's at every level, it's all something going on. An average person watching that will probably just think it's the chief and his mate just sitting there going, what do we do now? Uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, a lot of the the thing is, a lot of the big decisions will actually be made by those guys, the race engineers, Uh Um, and in some cases, the team bosses and uh, stuff, because a lot of the team bosses are actually very old racers. Right. You know, like Adrian Newey and stuff like that. He was race engineer for Damon Hill when he won his championship. Yeah, you know, he, he he he's been around a bit. Decades mm-hmm. of experience. And, yeah, it comes down to them to make the decision. But the whole point of the rest of the team is to just give them as much information as they can you handle. You know, to make that that decision. And sometimes it pays off.
3: Nice. Well, F one aside, you've alluded at the start. You're not just an engineer. You're a car guy at heart as well. Yeah. Um, And you did say something earlier there with your E30. It's uh, I want to talk about that because that's a cool car. <laughs> uh, tell us a bit about that.
1: So it is a 1990 E30 320 that has uh M52B28, so a 2.8 out of uh 95 E36. Uh-huh. And it is... Partially shaved bay. Someone sh- shaved the bay on it and then stuck everything back in, Aww. which <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, but it's got uh, 7 Series 16 inch BBS and turbofans mm-hmm. on it. Nice. Um, lowered gas coilovers, the 318IS body kit, and 318IS interior as well.
3: It's funny because it doesn't strike me as something like an F1 engineer would have or own it's like Going back to, we talked off-air before, but you were on the NI Euro Forum, which mm. was like the stand days in Northern Ireland. yeah. And that kind of ties back into that love, I suppose. Um, Have you any plans for it? Would you go down the route of the shave bay, you know, try and tidy it up a bit? Yeah, or?
1: It, it. so it was built a few years ago and it's gone through a few hands before I got it. And I got it basically this year in the state that it's in. And it needs a bit of a tidy up. It's... Ridiculously loud, like back, <laughs> back car park, <laughs> and banging straight uh, through yeah, exhaust type setup. Yeah, and uh, like it, it's got a full custom system on it, which is great, but it, it does mean it's, no, deafening. It, it's deafening and uh. So that need's done And old car things, heater doesn't work, stuff yep. like that. And it's desperate need of a diff. I tried to do an energetic exit in front of a lorry the other day, and it just sat, sat <laughs> still, <laughs> just doing you know, a one-wheel burnout. So the diff's yeah. a safety item is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, how, that's how I'm selling it to myself. Yeah. Oh, no, that's
0: cool. Um, there, there's some cool E30s online. Uh, Driftworks, the mechanic in Driftworks, he's yeah, just bought a recently, a white one. A
1: so, so mine's identical to that. Yeah, Like, down to the air filter and the exhaust, I, d- I don't know whether they were converted by the same company well, yeah, originally, yeah. but mine's identical to that, only red. Um, yeah, the, the thing about E30s now is there's... Getting so expensive, so yeah. people are starting to actually treat them quite nicely. Yeah, and there are some nice ones showing up online. It used
3: to be to give four grand for one that spent its <laughs> life going around a cone. You know, yeah. and that's what I, it was going I to I sold
1: do.
0: my three two five i Sport probably ten years ago for thirty five hundred. That's sickening.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my last one I bought for two grand, and it was it was a race car one, but it was a it had an M five engine on it. What? Yeah, the old, the old, old M5. Ah, so yeah. the 3.5 straight six. Yes. M535
0: in
1: them? No. Wasn't v, V5, v did you say? That? M535 in M. Oh, um, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, Yeah, that one. Um, Yeah, and that was one of the good old projects. Take it apart to fix it and never goes back together and you sell it again. Who would ever do but, that? Yeah.
0: Colin, <laughs> Colin, Colin Tweed had. Uh, his friend Johnny, he done that conversion, sweeted. So
1: that's right, I, yeah, in the E30. It was just scary
0: to put power down.
1: It's brutal. They used to spin the wheels in fourth. That's impressive. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, when, when you strip them out, there's nothing in the back ah. of them, like at all. You know, there's really small rear end and stuff yeah. on them.
3: I always equate that to, like, modern day versions of, like, the Americans and their hot rods. You mm. know, it's an old car with a bigger engine in it from something, like, yeah, yeah. like Lee's Jetta kind of thing. And people laugh at it, but that's what it is. Like, they yeah. were old, like, cars just stuck Stick a big engine. Yeah. Into it And scare yourself. They yeah, laugh yeah, yeah.
2: until they can't get past you. Well, it's <laughs> <that you're> like, <laughs> <laughs> the
3: only thing is, you're not laughing when you crash because oh my word, it's, <laughs> it's I, I, always I, in the back of your head. Yeah.
1: When I bought this, I completely forgot how thin the doors are. It's yeah. literally an inch. Yeah. yeah. It's an inch from your shoulder to outside. Like, Jesus. It's well, a, I was
2: kind of thinking on the way down here today because it's so windy today. I was like, oh, I don't really want to go on the motorway because <laughs> <So laughs> I'll get fucking blown away. <laughs>
1: It's
3: the thickness, like the air pillars and stuff, and yeah. that older stuff. And you think there's nothing there. Yeah. I remember yeah. going to university with a friend, Claire. She had a VTR saxo, and I was like, I think I was working on Holford at the time, and I would like pull the interiors apart, like to see. Right, if it these ever comes in, how do I run a hands free kit? Yeah. And I pulled the plastic air pillar off out of boredom and looked, and was like, that's like the thickness
1: of two fingers. There's <laughs> <Yeah>. nothing there. <laughs> That's a, car, I, that's a car you don't see anymore, is it? You do mm. not, yeah uh, All those saxos and 106s that were absolutely everywhere Probably, Probably all, all wrapped around trees to be hedges, fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you follow Adrian May? Yes The boy that rants a lot, or used to run a lot Aye Have you seen him lately about the price of 106 rallies? I because he has one, do not he? They are crazy price now sir. They all went to Clubman rally cars, you see, so mm-hmm. there's none of them left And, and all the saxos went to the car well, parks They're well into the teens now, you know, money wise
3: VTS Saxo used to be always like the holy grail. Like, yeah. You will not find one now. And if you do, it's a rough one for four grand. Yeah. That's right. You used to go to Bangor on
0: Sunday night and it was Saxos and courses.
3: Yeah. And all free insurance. That's probably why they could drive <laughs> like they were stolen.
0: <laughs> Another good E30 is a fella runs Garage Midnight. He has a black one. Mm. I forget what he's That's running right. it. I yeah. think he's running the M336 engine in it.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's an S50, which is yeah. that, that engine. But I think he has it on throttle bodies as well. Because
0: I actually seen him going around at Players Classic a couple of years ago, and it's a well darts. sorted car. Like and and, and he, he, can, he can drive as well. He's sponsored by Bildstein, He's sponsored by Quaif All you know, the best bits yeah, yeah. in it. So,
3: and yeah. have you put many miles on the E30 from you got it? Then
1: yeah, I, I was using it as a commuter for a while. Nice. Classic. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I've got. Uh, so it is ridiculously low, and there's a speed bump going into the Alpine side. As well, and it just scrapes over that. <laughs> Does anybody ridicule you at work? hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, like they love it, they yeah. love it, but they. will I think it's more the noise of it because it is brutal, though. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'll be honest. I've done the old man thing, and I had to wear earplugs when driving it because <laughs> it is just it's horribly loud. I find that
3: with custom systems, there's no thought into how things like reverberation or anything, and it's just droney. Yeah. It's, it's head or miss what you're going to get.
1: Yeah. So I think it, it'll take. It has a mid box and a back box, I think the mid needs to just get bigger yeah just to quiet it down because yeah
3: yeah you can put boxes in you can buy a cheap one and it'll do nothing essentially you buy an expensive one it'll take a lot out of it yeah no it's interesting to hear that's what you're driving as well like as a a fun car. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because it's literally, as I say, it wouldn't be what I would expect anyone at your level of motorsport to be driving either.
1: Yeah, there, there's quite a few people that are into... it. It's funny that you get sort of two people in F1. You get the people who are in for the engineer, and, and then you get the people who are the car guys. Car guys yeah. And there's some real interesting stuff tucked away in sheds. You know yeah. and Especially there's some VW stuff as well. This guy had an absolute gorgeous metallic maroon Mark 1 Cali. But... Uh, I think he had a one eight T in it, mm-hmm. and then, but it, it was like fully done with like a race dash, carbon fiber everywhere. That must have fallen off the back of a lorry. Oh, yeah, don't know <laughs> they got that Don't where he <laughs> got that. Yeah, uh, made the, of off cuts Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And there's Lancia, and then there's a boy, he he restores Lancia Deltas and stuff like that. And there's a a lot of guys who are really into motorbikes as well.
3: So the passions are there then? Yeah, yeah. That's class.
1: Yeah. I think uh, it's nice to see that people, after a long day of doing car stuff, can still go home and do car stuff. A long night of car stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because you do hear a lot of people get burned out with it and just can't be bothered with it anymore. Yeah. Here's one for you. As a carbon guy, right? Mm. What do you think of forged Carbon?
1: It's it's fine, it, it, but to me, <laughs> I don't think it looks really great.
3: No, I hear
1: it. I, I think it looks alright on a Lambo. Yeah, I think that looks pretty cool. Look at it; it's shiny, but in a, a in a new way.
3: Structural but, wise, is it as good nah, or? Yeah, I wouldn't imagine it to be.
1: Not not really. It it does something, but it's it's not as strong as um, the proper stuff. It it's like pulling a piece of string. If you chop that bit of string up and stick it together a load of different ways, it's not going to be as strong as just uh-huh. pulling it the, the ordinary way. Fair enough, you know. You, you didn't see head.
0: the video? I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, the Redox E30, the video in it. No, no. It was an E30 wasn't it? No, I don't know. I, I haven't seen that video. Um, Redox done a three hundred thousand pound. Oh yeah, you talked about it. Yeah. But they they basically do a refurbishment am 3 with carbon fiber everywhere and the tension of detail, the detail, carbon wet weave. Meets in the middle in the boot lid And there's all these wee touches
1: Yeah that's, that's a huge thing So that, To get that line
0: up its mental, is it, it
1: It is unbelievable So it, it's called the 12 stripe Because it's back to uh, old days of making clothes So like the 12 stripe you're harris tweeter anything like that and to get that to line up is just crazy and like the scrap rate of supercars when that stuff doesn't line up so next time you're at a show or something and someone's got like carbon wings and carbon bonnet have a look at it and if they match that's it's doing well well done it's easier with stuff that's just metallic stuff wrapped Because you can sort of hold it up against the next Uh piece and go, well, that's that's about there. But if you're making like bespoke stuff and it's made in two different rooms and sometimes two different factories, to get everything to line up is just and so it takes
3: you half a mil out and you notice it or not? Yeah, you
1: will. And it's how it reflects the light. It's not even just looking at the weave. You'll look at the panel and go, that's a slightly different color, (laughs) and it's just because it's out. Just so what you're
0: saying is the Redux guys do that boot lid. There's probably about twenty scrap ones laying in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's £300,000. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I think we'll leave it there. Do you want to get into our listener questions? Because there is still a lot of F1 yeah. type stuff in it. We, Absolutely. You can ridicule us. So we'll start then. Jake underscore slow up. And he's trying to make this a thing because this was last one he messes in. He says, what's your favourite biscuit, Robin?
1: Custard cream. Every day.
3: Strong choice. Oh. Yeah. Slowly Good followed solid. by
1: a hobnob. Chocolate hobnob or plain? No, nah, no, nah, plain. Plain. Oh. All about that buttery goodness.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's the yeah. hard-hitting question. I said there's going
0: to be a theme for guests moving forward. <laughs>
1: it could
3: well be. I think he's trying for this. Uh Mark Curran says, who would win peak Schumacher or peak Hamilton? Oof.
1: It depends what they're driving. It depends what year of car. Like, I, I like I don't like Hamilton, I, personally, but I do think he's arguably the best driver that has ever been in F1. Really? He's
0: had some serious... Confrontational situations with what's happening in the race, and he's mm. come good a lot of times yeah. against the odds.
1: And I think his mental capacity now to deal with the stress that they are under it, is good. But yeah, I I'm a me guy growing up, but I, I might have to say I'm normal. On that
3: That's an honest answer, then. I like that. Yeah. Quattro uh, underscore Rick. He says for the guest, what motorsport? requires most skill, and why is it rallying? Is that a dig? Yeah, no. (laughs) We had
2: this argument the last time, and then a few people were like, because I slagged off drifting a wee bit, Mm. but I didn't really slag off drifting, but when it came down to choose between the three, it was...
1: I I think rallying, no doubt. I think if you watch WRC, and it's, it's the ability... To assess a road as you're coming towards it, like I know yeah. they're on PS notes and it's stuff. The variables. Yeah, it's the variables that are there that you just like. If you watch Rally Sweden or something like that, this this stuff. Uh, sorry, the Scanlan what is it? Finland is it or is Sweden? I I I haven't watched that. So yeah, there's, in there's, years the fast one through the it. trees, the Rally, Rally of the Lakes, Rally whatever that lakes, one is, yeah. and yeah, it's just mental. The, the the amount of unseen stuff that they're having to process so quickly. I think Rally ends it, and you got to remember they're in a vertical on their own in yeah. that car. They don't have an engineer in their ear telling them what to do. But
3: it's the mental drain that must be insane. <laughs> As you said, like what you're processing and what your brain's processing that your eye like you did that you don't know.
1: You know, yeah. it's it's just insane. Like they must be so bored the next week. driving Yeah, you see in the Tuesday when they're sitting down to breakfast and they're just oh, Why? Why me? <laughs> yeah.
0: That disconnect must be hard look. Yeah. Robert underscore
3: GTI He says he got a Blue RS car dryer And it's awesome Takes away so much hassle From drying the car So we had actually said if you got any Presents or what you got For Christmas Let Aye, us that's know That's the reverse vacuum cleaner Is it blow dry your car Yeah Is it
2: like a leaf blower
3: Pretty yeah. much yeah I like, like, So more could compact. you use a leaf blower You could If you want to be bothered With a giant leaf blower Yes Can
2: you get a Milwaukee
3: leaf blower More than likely yes Well You can not <laughs> You sorted actually You thing is but the, one of the batteries And it lasts like 20 minutes was so suppose for a car It's fine But for car leaf blower It's not
2: Right, but then we have multiple batteries and so it would do good. for us because there's no point in us buying the car drying one because we do need a leaf blower as True. well because there's so many leaves around our house
1: I get you blowing the leaves yeah are I lo- lo- love how this is being justified here you see that well, here Le- Connor will least have least ten times worse time. I like, don't worry Connor will have all the
0: trees cut down with his new Milwaukee cutter thing yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, are you a tool guy Robin? I am a tool guy what's uh, your brand? DeWalt oh, yeah.
3: oh you peasant okay. <laughs> There's, there's a big, there's a big feud with us and our friend Stefan who have been on, and yeah. he's a dwarf guy.
1: Well, it happens to be that there's quite a good F1 discount for dwarf. Oh there <laughs> you go. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah,
2: they're, they're, it's one of the teams, isn't it? Because we saw it on that's one of the right. cars.
1: Actually, yeah, somebody yeah. does sponsor them, but they've always they always come around the factories and do like a Christmas sale or a, a mid season sale. That's, that's what you class. want And that's that's the worst because they take card. <laughs> <laughs> It's like drug dealers <laughs> getting yeah, cars now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know the what? The Snap-on I man actually, doesn't call, no. He does. The Snap-on does. Right. Uh, yeah, we have a Snap-on fan as well that comes around the factory. That's which terrible. It's also bad. And yes, you also get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> it's just torture. Yeah.
0: What were going to say, Lisa? I
2: actually really like the look of the Makita turtles because I really like the colour of them. Yeah. Like that green and black. mm but there's a the color game. Let's stick with it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah.
3: um, James Doherty 95 says, a Honest opinion of what happened in Abu Dhabi? Do you think <laughs> Verstappen is, destir- is deserving? Oh, massively
1: biased again. <laughs> um, so, personally, I think it was a tough break for Lewis because he was one lap away from it all going his way. I think... It wasn't just in, the win of
3: the day, it was...
1: Yeah, I think they were massively slow getting the recovery truck out to lift the car. I think the uh, lapped cars should have all been let past the lap before they were. I understand why the res- race director did the first five cars or whatever it was between Lewis and Max, but it's brutal for Merck, but being massively biased towards red bull with that I, i'm very it's happy with the result <laughs> i may not get the bonus but uh, anymore but um, yeah i'm taking that as a win for myself
3: one thing i said was like no matter what happens in the history books it'll always show as a win for verstappen you know it has that yeah. thing hanging over it, but it doesn't say that you know it's still a win's a win at the end of the yeah
1: day. and I th- I, yeah
3: if you're talking to george russell i suppose <laughs> <laughs> yeah Another one then Rang Cudlip, you like this one. Uh <laughs> Is it true that Princess Lulu gets his trainer to wipe his bum for him?
1: <laughs> what a question. Oh man, I feel sorry for that girl. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, like it's just I remember watching him arrive at one of the tracks and he got off the back of the motorbike and handed the helmet to her and she just walked off she was standing there waiting for him and he just got off the motorbike, handed her her helmet and he just that plon- was it? Yeah, left in his fancy finery to get photographed on the way in. How but, do
3: you get through the day? You know, like, who holds your stuff when you're going to the shop?
1: Well, yeah, this is, I wonder if she like, is she his PA for the rest of his life? Potentially. <laughs> Does she just live in? I feel I feel sorry for her but she, she apparently is very good at her job and their job is actually quite critical to keep them in the correct headspace and make sure they're fed and make sure they're like their they're red
0: racehorses so the only yeah. thing they're thinking about is their ace yeah
1: 100 because yeah. they they have to be have their mind completely in
3: there grant Gilliland, how do you get a job in the pit crew
1: so pit crew is one of those things we have to start off uh in other series so you right. have to work your way in um there are people who come in as graduates graduates or apprentices or in, in like that, but it's a lot easier if you come in through other teams. So I would, if you're local, uh, try and help out some of the Formula 4 teams, then see if you can get in with some of the English teams to help them out and work your way in there. If you can get up to the big name teams in like F2 and F3, the Carlins and people like that, then it's a lot easier to get in. Um, but it's a life that has to be taken seriously because you're away from home two hundred days a year. Yeah. True, yeah. So don't go into it lightly. Is what I'd say. It is a lot of fun, but you have to work very yeah. long hours.
3: Is it? Is it generally like mechanics going to that, or the engineers, or is no, a no? They're,
1: they're all mechanics, and um, they are very good at their jobs. Very good. Yeah.
3: Well, Grant's actually in Scotland, so he might have a better chance than we have over here. Yeah. Um, S14 OCP Simon says worst F1 ever and why is it the Terrell six-wheeler
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that car just because it's something different See, yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you that, yeah. yeah I think um, I think we need more innovation and hopefully we'll get some of it this year Uh, With the anytime there's regulation changes, you see the innovation change. Mm -hmm. You know, you were talking about Brom, and they they found some interesting stuff that they were doing there. So I doubt we'll see a six wheeler again, but um, it'd be nice. (laughs) Well, there is. Yeah,
3: a stifling innovation is the worst. You know, as long as they let it go, that's that's what you want to see. I just think
2: sometimes though. When you do get some kind of new thing that one of the teams comes up with, the other ones then all yap and go, oh, that's not fair. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, did,
4: we didn't
1: think of that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that whole thing of the, in the background, they're trying to design it at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it all comes down to money. You know, it was like that DAS thing that um, Merck came up with the, was it last year? Where they could, was that the steering the thing? Sta- was the steering wheel where they could uh, move it forward and backwards. Uh, and it was that thing of do you spend the uh, I don't know hundred thousand pounds or more to put that on your car for the benefit? It's one of those things that's hard to slip in afterwards. So they just argued enough and got it banned.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty sad because again, innovation there, but at yeah. the same time as you say, it's the money trying to compete with something like that. Yeah. Plus, if they're first out with it, they have the automatic advantage too.
1: Yeah, I think the FIA as well are trying to level the playing field a bit, and the lower teams. Can't react as quickly, so yeah. the, the difference between the back and the front sudden, suddenly becomes even more because the front teams can just throw money at it,
3: yeah, which you don't want, yeah. Um, over to American listeners now, Jack Hanrahan, he's a, a big F1 fan over there. He says, He's a camera, op- he's a camera guy. He says, What's a camera operator got to do to get a jo- job this season?
1: Yeah, I, so I, they are all run by FOM, that's their own Formula One It's all in house. Yeah. Right so again. they travel with them and I think I think it's the same director for everyone, so it's just kinda of, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um He says, how are the accommodations for the
3: non-drivers slash team leads for the season? What are they like? Do you know? Yeah, the
1: hotels are normally pretty good. so they're well looked after? Yeah. And uh, another thing on that invasive victim, you don't always get in the team hotel. (laughs) Yeah, you you get in. You're in the travel lot. Yeah. Well, no, it's sometimes worse than travel lot. I was in... where was i is there worse <laughs> yeah no yeah it's, well especially in the one i went to monaco was terrible uh, yeah it was like a hostel someone walked in at three o'clock in the morning that kind of thing nice yeah it was sure. great uh,
3: uh jack also says favorite race weekend of the year, uh, says,
1: of the year? Uh, this year uh, the last one yeah. on the championship
3: uh another one from me says if you had to be a dog what kind of dog would you be it's one of those thinker mm. ones I would go Labrador Yeah,
1: I think a Chocolate Lab Oh, Chocolate Lab um, Smart
0: I, th- I think I was thinking about this this morning when you sent me them I think I'd be a Cocker Spaniel Never can sit at peace Yes, that always working good right yep.
1: uh, Springer, yeah, something like that yeah. Just
0: agents, just can't sit at peace <laughs> What would you, Lee?
2: Um, either an Irish Will or a Great Dane
0: There you
3: go
2: Because I always wanted to be tall <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there <laughs>
3: Uh, do you like the variety of questions? By the way, I do We're from biscuit it. Steph, one yeah, the dogs. Uh,
0: Jack says, "Coolest team principal."
1: Well, Gunther's has to be yeah. the coolest. Yeah, yeah.
0: he got asked, "Did you know about Gunther memes?" Yeah. yeah, and he says, "Ah, yeah, it's really good."
3: <laughs> he basically, said as long as they're taking the piss out of him and not doing anybody else any harm, he was really on board with yeah,
1: it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he's very open to it. And it's good, it's refreshing to see that. I think it's back to that Netflix thing, it's refreshing to see that side of it. It's not personality. Just, yeah, and it's the same with the drivers, getting some people like Danny Rick and stuff, getting their personality out there.
3: Well, that's what sold it for me, was the fact that you could go and see who's who, and give everybody a personality, and you can kind of go, well, yeah, I want to back him, because mm. this, was that. One of my favorites of the second season, I think it was, was one of the journalists asking Gunther at the very start. He was like, "How's your, how are you planning the season? Basically, will you look like fucking wankers this year?" <laughs> it's just, it, uh, you know, and he just responds so well to it. Have yeah, you ever yeah. got to meet him,
1: Gunther? No, I met Danny Rick, and he annoyingly he is as nice as he looks. Oh. Yeah, I, when I was at a tire test in um, Paul Ricard in France with him, and I was in Team Gear. So I was actually there working and uh, I was just standing in the garage and he came in to get in the car and he went around and he said hello to all of his mechanics. And he looked over at me and walked up to me and said, I don't know you, who are you? And, <laughs> and stood out and have a 15 minute conversation with me. And he was at that time he was taking his cousin round all the races with him, his Very Australian good. cousin. So his cousin was just sitting in the back of the garage just doing a European Gen- unreal. Yeah, trip. Brand on the F one circus.
3: It's good to see decent people like that though at the top too.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you, like these guys, they're all arrogant. We talked about their, this, yeah. You know, there's three what, you three billionaire there. sons. So yeah. it's very hard to get like ordinary nice people. So it's nice when you see good characters coming through. I think Lando's a bit like that as mm-hmm. well, isn't he? Yeah, he comes
3: across really um, well. Another one then Jack says, Connor, Lee, Nigel, do you all ever think you'd be covering F one? I certainly didn't <laughs> it's, uh, you you
0: watched F1 for a long time then you kind of dropped out of it. Nigel didn't yeah, you yeah uh, I came back to it there recently but it used to be very monotonous there after the Schumacher era yeah. and I think that's partially the decision the FAA on the last race just went right it's time to switch things up here
1: yeah and I, I think the FAA's look at it and Formula 1 in general's look at it has drastically changed over the last few years for the better
2: yeah.
0: they've, uh, they've, they've continually tried to even the playing field even the playing field and it, yeah. Made so. it a bit
2: boring. Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: last one for Jack then. He says Are the one week race turnarounds brutal? Yeah. They're blinded. They, they,
1: they're un- unbelievable. Like, if you think you've got the, the traveling circus of all the guys that have to, so they spend from thir- well late Wednesday, Thursday building up the cars and building up the carriage. And then that has to be broken down Sunday night and then put in containers and then flown to the next race. So the cars don't fl- fly as one they fly in pieces, so they're completely disassembled before right. the next race. I wouldn't
3: imagine that, yeah. yeah
1: so the, the engines, everything are off. The chassis stay somewhat built up normally with their front suspension, but, and the gearboxes have their rear suspension on, but the cars are completely rebuilt for absolutely every race. So if you're doing triple headers, that is just yeah. mental.
3: Is that done by like, the likes so of the pet crew guys? So yeah, them? yeah,
1: yeah, and then you have the what used to be called truckies, uh, the garage technicians who build the garage as well, and they're going ahead of of the races so they just strip everything down onto the next one put it back up and then the mechanics come in and they build the cars so it it, it is the triple headers are really harsh on the, the teams and i think it's something that we're now budget limited for uh, for yeah. the next few years and i think it's something that the faa has to have a look at in budget because if you i think they need to hire more mechanics because people are just going to get absolutely wrecked. There's 23 races next year, uh-huh. so that, that must be like 220 days away that's from crazy. home. And
3: I take that budget ties into like transport between different events yeah. and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, it, that's crazy. Yeah, um, that dot silver dot wagon. If you could remove one thing from F1 to level the field, except for the drivers, what would it be?
1: <sighs> yeah, that, that's.
3: That's a difficult one. It
1: it is a a tough one. I think the budget was the big thing. I think if they had differential prize money from front to back and weighted it towards the rear of the field... Yes. Because in the end, it's all a money game and you you get what you spend. But if, if at the moment the person who comes first gets the most... And the person that last gets the least, and, and then that they, gets they, worse. Yeah, they've, they, yeah, exactly. They've got no way of getting up. I think the budget cap is the first way to do that, and it's been absolutely brutal. The big teams have been laying off people left, right, and centre to try and get under the cap. We'll see how that goes for for a few years, and hopefully it levels it out a bit more. But we need four teams fighting for a win instead of two. Yeah, you know, well, that's
3: I'm I'm not a football guy at all, but I think that's a big issue in football too, isn't it? With like higher level
0: teams with money, it, it used to be, but. <sighs> There's so much money poured into the Premiership now. It used to be the top two or three, but see the Premiership now. Nobody complained about the money in the top ten. They all have... They're all sort of... I was
2: about to say, did Newcastle... Are they not the richest team now?
0: Newcastle might be the richest team in the world next year that are being relegated. Yeah. Right. If not
2: for long, though.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Um. That, that silver dot wagon again. He says also got some proper polishing gear from herself to finish my stash of wheels. So he has so a, many wheels. Yeah, and they're all three spoke split advance. The man is uh, <laughs> finished for three spoke wheels. He's actually
0: cleaned a set of P B S at the moment. that look like they've been laying in a bog. That's right,
3: actually. Yeah, I can't remember what they are, but I, I did I see the them. Two yeah, them. I like the split five spoke kind of thing. But yeah, he's worked cut out with those <laughs> sparkling underscore autos. Do half the product, just like the public, think Lewis Hamilton is a whiny, attention-seeking
1: asshole? I'd say more than half. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you are bad. <best. laughs> I am incredibly bad. No, I'm... He... Everyone, I think, recognizes him for the driver that he is, but I don't think...
3: Personality-wise?
1: Uh, but the thing is, he brings in a whole different demographic, so we yeah. can't complain. In the end of the day, we're in the entertainment industry, and he's entertaining. Yeah. So... Uh, have you ever met him? No. No? No. Well,
3: he would be like the highest profile driver you've met, probably
1: Ricardo. Well, Max and Ricardo. So the, I've only really met the Red Bull guys. Uh huh. Yeah. What what
3: was Max like?
1: Um, so Max, I I was talking to him briefly. I didn't really get much of a chat with him. He, he seemed nice. I body checked him in the corridor once. <laughs> 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 Nearly knocked him on his arse. Now he, he was coming out of the simulator, and I was doing the whole thing of looking right while turning left. Oh yes, completely, <laughs> absolutely, shoulder him. Um.
3: That's all right, sure. Hamilton did similar at Silverstone, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that was a big shunt. Um that's where you guys come into play with the carbon. Yeah. Um Audi underscore exclusive underscore how does the Aero engineering budget scale for a team like Alpine to say Merck or Ferrari? Alpine. Alpine, sorry.
1: <laughs> it's on so, the guest. <laughs> the 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 Aero budget is probably the same. The budget comes in the effect elsewhere. It's how quickly you can get things made, is usually the thing. So, a lot of the, they probably aren't doing it now with the budget camp, but like two years ago, the big teams had outside manufacturers on strap. So they would be paying a certain amount of money, money a month, saying if we send you work, we'll you have to do. It. We'll drop everything you're doing. Which is mental, if you think about yeah. it, because some months they might not send them anything because we'll make it all in-house. Yeah. But other months, they'll just completely take over that business. So I don't understand the business model of the outside supplier as well. But as far as the the aero guys go, it's roughly the same. We're mandated on how much time we can do in the wind tunnel. Okay. So, so everyone's at the same limit.
3: I um, so the teams are limited how much they can use
1: it yeah and it's the same with how many CFD runs they can do, do. Right, uh, they can only use however amount of data when they're doing their CFD runs um, but yeah I think only teams that don't have their own wind tunnel does it doesn't really affect mm-hmm. but most people all the big teams have own. they do that anyway it.
3: Yeah. Uh, Adam also says and as a follow up is there a level of skill set that make overcome Disparity of
1: budgets, you can have the right people in the right team you, you know it's back uh, that brown thing that Braun home when they were Honda mm-hmm. were nothing but they came up with an idea and it pushed them forward um and then after that, it's down to management and stuff. If you look at Mark Mark got way ahead of the game. In the regulation changes when we went to the new engines, and that was just a management decision. So you could argue that they had the right people in the right place there. Uh They had the money as well, but it, you know, good engineering can overcome sometimes, but it's hard.
3: Aye, it's not always as you say. Uh, And then finally, Chris Stop Moran ninety, he says, "How confident are you the new regulations will even the playing field?"
1: (sighs) I'd like it. I'd like it. I (laughs) I think everybody would. I, I. I. it's to be seen. You know the the big teams are so engrossed in what they have. They you know they've spent the money. They've built the sites. They've been built the manufacturing. They have the vehicle testing rigs. You know they have, the big teams have uh, their own full car dynos. So they'll have uh, a full car built up with brakes and axles, gearbox, engine, and they'll run that through simulations of tracks before the car ever gets to the. The track, didn't so, now, yeah. Yeah, so um other teams will use outside ones, like there's a company in Austria that that does it, but the big teams have their own, so they can sit there before going to the first race or the first test of the year and just bang out five days of testing on the dyno. Which is why when you see Mark go to the first test and they bang out hundred laps on the first day and the lower teams are breaking or they haven't got something fixed. They've done all their breaks in house yeah exactly and it, it does happen you know uh, when I was at Red Bull we set the back of the car on fire on the dy- dyno <laughs> and then f- fixed it for the first test you know
3: you, <sighs> you says casually. casually yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny things like that that probably are like just in the back of your head you probably half forgot about and you said us and we found it highly amusing well
1: it's the stuff the the thing i love about f1 is it it is just racing at the same time and there's a part of it that's exactly the same as the boys doing formula Fords down in Kirk. it is you know um uh, there was one with lotus with maldonado um he pulled into the end of the race and for some reason the fuel leaked out through the loom of the um, fuel pump right? and got into the engine bay and set the whole back of the car on fire and no one knew uh-huh. it never made the press or anything like that but we had to chop the chassis up and put a whole new back in the chassis and, you know Ooh. there's a lot of especially in the lower teams where you've got no budget there's a lot of make do and mend uh-huh. you know I, uh, when I was a Lotus game and chopped up uh, we had w- one floor that had been crashed in the front and we had another floor that had been crashed in the back so just took the two good bits and chopped it down the middle <laughs> and stuck them together.
3: <laughs> Do you like having had the experience of that side of it as well, as a, as well as having, say, went to a bigger team?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I actually had a lot of fun doing that. So I, I looked after Fault uh, at Lotus for a while, which is basically when stuff goes wrong at the track, a fault is raised and mm-hmm. it's up to the design team to fix it usually. And I looked after that for concerts for a while and I, I absolutely loved it because it was back to the actual proper... Racing. Yeah. The fix it and get it done, you know, for the next event. Because it's
3: something different, I suppose, every day too. You know, you don't know what's gonna come up. Yeah, exactly. That awesome.
0: That's brilliant. You yeah. want to take her home. Yeah. Just again, thank you very much for coming in today, Robin. It's been absolutely yeah, fantastic. Really interesting insight into your life in the F1. Right Especially somebody local too. Yeah. yeah. Great to see. Great to see. So yeah, we'll leave it there. Um thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for the question once again. We've got a lot of questions there we, we did, we? yeah. yeah. It's Robin's fault. <laughs> and uh yeah, so we'll join you next time. But for now, if you want to check us out on uh socials, check us out at reload podcast and then individually we are known as At Connor McCann.
1: At Maxwell House forty six.
0: And at V Dubboy. And where do we find Robin?
1: Robin33 on Instagram. Very good. Oh,
0: so yep, thanks very much, and we'll see you again. Thanks And, and remember, buy us of coffee. Oh I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on ahead, Connor, sorry. Well I just said it. All pass right, a okay. coffee. i pass a coffee if you want That'll to support be. the podcast. We'll see you yeah. again, folks. Cheers. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.